The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Episode 8 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. We're just going to dive right in this week because I have one of my favorite people in the entire world here with me. He is an actor. He's one of the best musical theater performers I know. He is a hilarious person. He is a really, really talented improver, and he's just an all-around incredible person. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Catania. Welcome, buddy. Oh, my God. Thanks. <laughs> I'm so happy that you decided to do the episode. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be here. It's been like such a hot minute. We've, since we literally haven't seen each other for over a year now. I know. And you know what? We made it. We made it. Mm-hmm. What did you – so everybody had different thought processes uh, during the pandemic and right at the beginning – did you think it was going to be something that lasted this long, or did you think it was going to be like all three months were down and then we're coming right back into it? Yeah, so definitely in the beginning, I when it was just like, oh my god, it's all happening, what's happening, the panic, um, I was like, all right, well, this is scary. Mm-hmm. and But I was like, all right, well, you know, if we all stay home and we all like do this, I was honestly in the camp for a little while to be like, all right, I don't think it's going to be over in like a month, but I was like, maybe in like four or five months, right? this will blow over, it'll blow over. And I mean, the rest is history, I suppose. Um, and here we are now. And then soon I was like, this is definitely incredibly not going to blow over and no. I'm a huge idiot. <laughs> I don't think, but in fairness, I don't think anybody like realistically expected it to last this long no i can't believe we're still in it like i can but i can't i can't either this is like the one year out of the 27 or 28 i've been alive on earth that anything of this sort has happened like any lockdown of this magnitude any stop to work of this magnitude it's insanity no it is and i keep like thinking how things kept like bouncing up and down with like spike levels and like opening and closing and opening and closing and I'm just sort of like, when are things going to go back to normal? But also, I'm wondering, do I want things to go back to how they were? I'm in the same boat in a lot of ways. Because a lot of things, like, suck. Yep. <laughs> yep. And Some, sometimes it's just nice to be able to not go to social gatherings, like, all the time and not mm-hmm. have to be around enormous crowds of people all I get the it. time. I get it. And, like, I'm, like, an unhinged extrovert, so, like, I, like, need the energy of other people. Yeah. But, like, and there's been some situations where I'm just, like, this is lit. <laughs> like, this is lit that I can use the excuse that I don't have to go to these things. Yeah, honestly. Like, it, it's it's really nice to just be able to kind of be, like, Okay, uh, COVID's out there, so I'm gonna take a night off and just be at home and like. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, a bitch wants to dance. Yeah, like I miss dancing more than I miss my own parents. Like, <laughs> and I would love to be able to do that again sometime. Wow. <laughs> but like, I, uh, 
I guess I'll sacrifice that for the greater good or (laughs) whatever. That's interesting to say, though, too, because I didn't even think about that. Like, has your time seeing your family and your parents cut down significantly, too? Because you're not like a hop, skip and a jump away. You have to drive like two and a half hours to be able to get back to any semblance of like real home, like growing up home. Yeah, back to like home on the range. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely I haven't seen my parents in a pretty long time. I did go back for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, which was risky, um, but I did go back, and that was really nice, but I only stayed for, like, a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go back for Christmas. Um, we just sort of did, like, a Zoom-type thing with my parents and my sister. Yeah. Who was in Colorado, um, and, like, that was nice, and it's just, it's definitely been interesting. I've never been a huge, like, I love my parents, and, like, I love my family and such like that, but, like we're very much okay being, like, independent people. Yeah. And, like, they would love to have me home, and they're like, I'm a pleasure to have in class. But, like, <laughs> I uh, I don't, like, need to be with them all the time, mm-hmm. personally. But I do, I do miss them, and I do plan on probably making a trip home in July. Yeah. Because um, by then, like, they'll be vaccinated, and I'm already vaccinated. Hey, me too. Which one are you? Did you get Pfizer or Moderna? I'm a Moderna person. I'm a Moderna person oh too. Oh my god, the big M. Oh huh? my god. I feel thank God because so many people are being like, I got Pfizer, I got Pfizer, and like doing the star bellied sneeches thing where they think they're <laughs> superior because they have the Pfizer vaccine over the Moderna. Yeah, it's like what is this one percent elitism about a <laughs> vaccine? Yeah, Juliana Gouache. Um, oh, call out, call her out, call her out. <laughs> She's been she just has been like tagging me in tweets all week that are like, uh, oh, like the Pfizer's are like the sexy group and all this. And I'm like, no, that's not true, because like I have it and I have, like I have the Moderna and I'm sexy. Like, yeah, I know this. It's like like I was saying earlier, my house has mirrors. I know what I am <laughs> like. And sexy is one of the adjectives I would use to describe myself. <laughs> exactly. So. But it's good that um these vaccinations are good now because it gives you the opportunities to see your family. It gives us opportunities to be able to like work in the theater world again and be able to kind of have some sort of normalcy when it comes to that. Yeah. Like we've, we've heard this week, like a lot of places are planning on coming back at the end of the year, like in November. So that's, that's really exciting for us. That's exciting. I mean, um, Bill's games. Yep. Bill's games going to have people in real life. We have to prove that you're vaccinated, mm-hmm. which I am so interested in seeing how many people are like, Oh my God! I can't believe I have to get vaccinated. To Tons go to the of Bills them already. Game. Tons of them already. How it, else will I throw up in the parking lot of New Era? Exactly. <laughs> that, well, that's the thing, though, too, is because uh, you're at a Bills game, you're gonna be up, you're gonna be drinking, mm-hmm. you're gonna be taking your mask off, and you're gonna be stumbling everywhere mm-hmm. and things like that. It's a super spider. The one thing mm-hmm. there's so many uncertainties about COVID and shit still, which is wild. But the one thing we know for certain is it spreads really quick in large crowds. Rapid. Like, that's what we know. It's just mm-hmm. it, one person gets it, and all of a sudden it's 10, then it's yeah. 100, and then, like, mm-hmm. it just multiplies that quick. So we just need to be as precautionary as possible. Are people still going to get it? Probably. Sure. Like, with the way this is spread, most likely things are going to happen with it. Of course. But if you're vaccinated, it's going to be way, way, way less catastrophic exactly. than it would. Use your common sense precautions and— Wear your mask, get vaccinated, 
fucking wash your hands, mm-hmm. like, and just, like, do the damn thing. Do your part. Stop being a little baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird because as much as I feel like we talk about things like this all the time and that we're interested in it, I feel like one of the bad things about the internet and about social media is everything is a freaking conspiracy now. Oh, my God. Everyone thinks they're the fucking deep throat of, like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're like, they're getting to the bottom of it all. It's, like Yeah, it's the next big thing. It's the next big scam. Oh like, all that God. stuff. And it's like, uh, show me your journalism degree. <laughs> like, I'm sick of it. I am sick of all these people with their bad facial hair or their roots coming out here and being like oh well if you get the vaccine the government puts a nano chip in your veins yeah exactly like, do you think you deserve to be nano chipped <laughs> denise denise do you think anyone's out there being like oh i gotta track denise going to the ames grocery store right like, exactly like no one tra- cares about your trader no Jones one, exactly no one cares you're getting a half pound of american cheese at the <laughs> deli denise shut up you're not that important god i went to buffalo state college i've had way worse in my body just from the food court alone. Oh my god! I went to Tomato. I I lived off pizza logs. We ate there so many times, like every single night. Every single night after Ernest, it was the only thing that was open. It was heinous. It Uh, was bad. Those mm -hmm. pizza logs, like kept me living though like i'm more scared of how that will affect my body when i'm 70 compared to the vaccine oh my god are you kidding yeah. i probably feel formaldehyde or something i've definitely found metal in like the subway that used to be there before and stuff like that like mm-hmm. eating chicken oh there's foil in here exactly like... and that was part of the menu <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> It's like red onions, spinach, metal, metal, banana peppers. Just anything like that. Have you seen that video that's online of – I just saw it again today because it, like, came up on my Facebook timeline of that worker at Subway, and they're, like, shaking salt and pepper onto the one guy's foot log, and they immediately start falling asleep? Yes. They have- I have seen that. And I'm, like, legend icon star. Like, poor girl must have narcolepsy or something like that. But she is out. Like, she's out. shaking that thing, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. just gets slower, and her head falls. Gone. Gone, girl. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> like, just out. Out like a light. Like a light. Like a light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I missed your ridiculous banner throughout this entire year. <laughs> so we, um, for those who don't know us, Jeremy and I met uh, your second, my third year of college, right? I think it was your sophomore. Yes, it was my sophomore year. Yeah. And at first, we kind of just, like, knew each other, like, oh, yeah, like, this person's around, this cur- person's kind of there, this is here. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I feel like we hit this point during that year, and then we saw each other every single day for yeah. the rest of college. It was wild. Um, I remember the first time, like, I officially was introduced to you. Mm-hmm. And it was in, at Buffalo State in the Donald Savage building in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Footloose callbacks. Oh, okay. Yep, that <laughs> seems about right. And I was called back for three roles that I shouldn't have been called back for. Um, and, <laughs> and I was in there like, well, how can I screech out Heaven Helps the Man? Um, truly, top ten anime deaths was me in that room. <laughs> <laughs> top 10 anime deaths. Miss Mojo counts down top 10 anime deaths in that room. <laughs> and uh, I was, uh, I got introduced to you, um, I'm pretty sure that Ricky Needham uh, Probably, introduced yeah. us. And because I was friends with Ricky, 
through doing like some improv stuff because I would usher every time for FNL yep. every night. Yep. And um, it was he was like, yeah, this is Dan. And I'm like, Dan, hi. Like I've heard like a lot about you. Da, da, da. And you're like, hey, da, 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 da. you're super sweet yourself and such like that. And I was just like, all right. And I was like, I need to focus on how badly I'm about to uh, bomb this callback. I right feel now. like I did nothing but belt throughout that whole <laughs> callback. I just just everything from my toes, like through my hips, just all the way up. Every ounce of energy I could put it into was that song. Truly a uh I won't say a, a disaster. No, I will say a disaster. Actually, it was an incredible <laughs> disaster. Uh I feel like I'm a poltergeist in that room now where a part of my soul was split off and now it just rings constantly negatively like a residual haunting. Yeah. Kind of like the horcruxes that uh <laughs> Voldemort does. Yep. Yeah. That I could see it. it. <laughs> so yeah that's definitely yeah i remember meeting you that day too i think that's definitely the pinpoint of it but then through like i remember camp weekend that year we were so hanging fun. out a lot um sweatshirt definitely bond- bonded me with a lot of people in the friend group sweatshirt was lit i love sweatshirt I, that show was so what we're talking about right now is a device theater piece which is theater with very little props and very little set just the actors and their bodies and creating worlds like that. Um, Some sound effects and things like that. Um, But it all had to do with dealing with trauma. And I remember at the time I was going through a particularly rough trauma that I was trying to get through. Mm -hmm. And seeing that show just opened me up. Like it, 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 it released this part of me where I was like, holy crap, people talk about this. Like they talk about Mm -hmm. their problems and like, they can be this open with like audiences that they don't know and stuff, and it was inspiring to see that. Mm-hmm, it really was, and I I wasn't even in the show. I house managed the show. Yes, and because that was that was the secondary gig for me back in the day was front of house management. And you were really good at that too. Thank you. I was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> like I I did do a really great job. I'm gonna <laughs> pat myself on the back for that. Good. Um, but I I love watching that show because. It was one of the first experiences, like you said, where I was like, oh, you can sort of use theater in a sort of therapeutic healing type of way. Yep. And rather than like my experiences with theater that have all been like high fluff, high entertainment, like yeah, da 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 yeah, da da da. Right. Like oh, Grand Batma, Grand Batma. Like and cats. Like, like just. Oh, well, <laughs> not go- I said entertainment. Uh- <laughs> Let's not go that far, Daniel. Okay. That, that, um, that sounds Sorry, funny. Andrew Lloyd Webber. I know you're listening. Um, yeah, sorry, Leona Lewis. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, keep bleeding. Uh, <laughs> great song. I hate you so bad. Great song, me too. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I remember being like, oh, like, this is really cool. And I was like, also, this is, like, not disturbing, but, like, it made me uncomfortable in a really, really incredible way. Because it was so vulnerable. Yes, and shout yeah. out Al Monaco, who is the creative Al. mind mm-hmm. behind Sweatshirt. Al Monaco, lovely person, talented writer, talented performer, just all around great person to be around and work with. Yeah. Um, and she really did the damn thing. She really that. did. That was a great semester for you, too, because you're house managing this thing that's I can mention this, too, because this is really important to mention about that show. 
it wasn't a, like a department back show where they're doing like it as a main stage thing and stuff like that. We had certain opportunities at Buff State where we could put on our own things and like mm-hmm. do our own capstones and things like that if we would like to. It's really great. Yeah, and so that was an entirely student run, student directed, student, um, just student produced. produced. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, experience. So the fact that she did that like on her own and just outside of school time and things like that is really, really incredible. It really was. And the fact that she felt so comfortable being vulnerable with sort of her own traumatic experiences through that show, mm-hmm. like, that's very that, – that takes gumption. Yeah, like, 100%. That's, that's bold. And, like, for her to say, hey, I experienced some of these traumas that still are with me today, and I would love to open them up to a public forum to be judged, ridiculed, and graded. Yeah, what the hell? Like, that's that's vulnerability that I still struggle with all the time. I feel ya. Like, very much so. Same. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was listening to an earlier episode that I think you were uh, – who are you talking with? Um, Alejandro. Okay, yeah. Um, and you were talking about your time with uh, Victoria Perez and Michael Walline, mm-hmm. And I was also in that class. Yes, you were. <laughs> and um, I remember that I went up there, and I forgot what I sang. I probably sang Stay Away to Paradise. Paradise. Or something. That's exactly what you sang. <laughs> That's 110% yeah. what you sang. <laughs> I only had two songs in school. <laughs> Where in the World from the Secret Garden and Stay Away to Paradise from A Gentleman in Paris. Yeah, um, I be on my way. Oh, my God. I, I totally butchered the lyrics to that, too. I'm half a truly deep. I'm drunk. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Um, and I remember that when I was done, mm-hmm. Michael Walline said to me, can you put <laughs> Shuffle his papers for a second. Now you just put him down on the table, and I'm like sweat, back sweat, <laughs> front sweat, like. And he was like, "Look," and I was like, "Oh Lord, have mercy." Um, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "He was like, we get it. You can read the phone book. You have a great voice. Why should I care?" <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> "Right in the feelings." And I was oh. like, "Well, um." That is a great question, Michael. Um, I will have to come back with something later. and But that sticks with me to this day. And because, like, I had such a real big face on, especially performing, being like, I can do this, and I can do this, and I'll be funny, and I'll hit this note here, and it'll be great. But, like, I had no passion. Yeah. Because I think because I was scared because I was so focused on getting everything perfect, getting everything right. Very Natalie Portman and Black Swan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just like, well, you know, Michael, you got me, gal. <laughs> like, you like, got me. Yeah, why should you care? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, and you're like, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but also, I did, on my sheet, they would have called me back. Yeah, I know. You were like the only one. You were just like you and one other person that they would have called you back. I know. It's like work, a paycheck's a paycheck, even though it wasn't real. It's funny. I feel like everybody had like a really vulnerable experience with that process. Like I feel like nobody had an enjoyable time doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jen. I'm sorry, Vicky. I, <laughs> I, I, that was I loved not it. a good time. I, lo- I loved it afterwards. Uh, hated. Uh, dr- one would say dread. When we say dreaded getting up to it, because I was like, these people are going to tear me up like some pulled pork and put me on a bun mm-hmm. right now. And they did. Yeah. But I learned a lot. Yeah, you did. During it. 
and I was like, wow. And, like, obviously, that quote from Michael Wallin still sticks with me to this day. Yeah. I mean, that audition still sticks with me to this day. So mm-hmm. we did something right in that class, right? Like, yeah. it, it, it was a really good learning experience. And I think that's part of the reason that Jen said, like, come in with something you've never done before, mm-hmm. which – Good thing that was your first time doing Stairway to Paradise. I know, right? and then I never let it go. And then you never, yeah. You somehow you just knew that song more times <laughs> in every single audition. I just talked about last episode how um, I got karaoke CDs in like fourth grade when I was first yes. starting to mm-hmm. learn how to sing and like getting into that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, every talent show, every event, every thing like that up until like midway through eighth grade from like mid fourth grade i sang the song with arms wide open by yes. creed under the moonlight yeah yeah <laughs> and it uh yeah i i never let that one go either. i mean hey tracks yeah apparently mm-hmm. it, it worked I, I was good at singing the song but i'm sure everybody in my class wanted to rip their ears out by the Do 16th time i did it that they were christian they're christian rock yeah, I know. I didn't realize they were Christian rock until I was like 22 years old. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I was like, what do you mean? There's a lot of cool bands like that that are low-key like Christian rock mm-hmm. that you wouldn't realize. Um, Red was another one I used to listen to a ton that like mm. listening to mm-hmm. them, you'd be like, oh, these guys aren't. Skillet's another one. Skillet's very like Skillet. – You would never think of mm-hmm. them as like a big like Christian rock band or things like that. But I mean, you know, music is music. You can't like, oh, absolutely. you can't just put a label on something and be like, oh, everything's in this category and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but let me backtrack a little bit because I do want to talk about something that happened the same semester we did sweatshirt. Uh oh. So you house managed that, right? Yeah. And then you also played one of my favorite roles I've ever seen you play, which was Leaf Coney Bear in uh the 25th annual putnam counting county spelling bee not counting bee (laughs) the counting bee the counting bee um that was your first main stage show at buff state right it was it was my sophomore year and i was incredibly nervous Mm -hmm. and actually you want to know some tea about that yeah all right all right children listen up okay so in that i got called back for um the other two male characters that weren't um, Doug Ponch, who like is was Jesse Tiber's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, a very mustache old oldish man. Um and not the care counselor who was Corey Grant mm-hmm. and who was like the bouncer of the spelling bee. Yeah. And because there were three guys and it was Mike Zito, Buffalo State alumni, Brandon Makajewski, Buffalo State alumni, and myself. Mm-hmm. And um but I didn't get called back for Leaf Coney Bear. But Leaf Coney Bear is the one I wanted so bad that I got called back for the other two roles. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just happy to be involved, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And so I went there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn the Leaf Coney Bear song. I already knew it because I really wanted the thing, or the role, rather. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the audition room, and then, or a callback room, rather, and I sang all of the songs, and they were okay. Yeah. Like Magic Foot and, like, um... My unfortunate erection. erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, <coughs> then Jen was like sort of dismissing people. And also it was Jen Tui's first main stage production at Buffalo State. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, and I, she was like, Jeremy, I want you to sing the Leaf Coney Bear song. And I was like, okay. And she's like, do you need like a few minutes to learn it with the accompanist? And I was like, no. boy. <laughs> I was like, no, because I know it. And uh, I went up there and I sang it. And the rest is history. Yeah. And your boy got Leaf Coney Bear. And that was so 
lit. You Shout out Ron Schwartz role. for that set in the Warren Enters Theater. So cool. Oh my god. So amazing. A gymnasium that we all could climb up the walls. We could all the the bleachers moved around like the desk was everything. There was it was so incredible. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it too. I loved watching that show. The audience participation aspect was so fun. Yes. The songs are so fun. Each of your characters, I think that show was cast perfectly for the most part. It was. It was. Buffalo Theater actor Samantha Crystal as Marcy Park. Yeah. Uh, shout out Sam Crystal. I love Icon, you legend, so and much. star. Oh, I love you so much, <laughs> Sam Crystal, if you're listening. <laughs> I, I always have this one story with Sam that I refer back to from Night of the Iguana when she was oh working boy. backstage as an ASM. And I was talking about I was like, uh, I was like, I think I'm gonna leave here and I'm gonna get Mighty Taco tonight or something. And she was like, <laughs> and she was like, Oh my god, I love Mighty Taco so much. Like, um, it, it's so good. And I was like, I can bring it to you like for rehearsal or whatever. I live like right around the corner from one if you want. And she was like, she was like, Oh, could you get me um, a chicken fajita? It was a large chicken fajita with mm. sour cream or something like Lit. that. That I th I think that was the order that she had. I could still kind of remember it. And um, so. We were talking about that, and then I get home, and at, like, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, she had texted me, and I woke up to it, and she goes, yo, large chicken fajita yo, and sour cream, you the best. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, like, up wine drunk at, like, 1.30, 2 o'clock, texted that. me to remind I me. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, she's the best. I yeah. remember one time you brought me to Mighty Taco, because I'd never been, because I grew up for all the listeners, um, <laughs> I grew up uh, like north of Syracuse in a bumble fuck nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, and what's the actual area you're from, though? So I grew up in the village of West Monroe. West Monroe. Um, but I went to the Central Square School District. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, so like you go like 45 minutes north of the city of Syracuse, and there you are. Yeah. Why would you be there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is in the middle of nowhere. In yeah, it is. Um, uh, and but oh, so you sent me or you took me rather to Mighty Taco for the first time. Yeah, because everyone talked about Mighty Taco, Mighty Taco, and I was just used to like Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, all right. And you and I went, and you brought me there, and we ate there. Mm -hmm. And that was garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It depends. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I, I'm not going to get canceled for this, I hope. No, you're not. You won't. But, you... like, Mighty Taco, I'm sorry. Mama, that was slop. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to divide and unite some listeners through that, but I— I'm so sorry. Controversially upbrave opinions. I like... See, I love it. I also live around the corner from one. Like, so that's, like, yeah. that's one of those things where I'm, like, oh, it's 11 o'clock at night, and I'm five minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can get this or whatever. But, like— Hit me with a good Crunchwrap Supreme anytime. Crunchwrap Supreme, no like, tomato. Oh, mm -hmm. Lord have mercy. Fuck I'm about me to bust. Up. <laughs> Fuck me up. Like, that's. Directly. <laughs> <laughs> like, inject that into my veins. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's great. So it just kind of depends. Like, honestly, if we're having the choice of tacos, I'm not picking either one of them because, like, <laughs> I'll go to, like, a Mexican restaurant and yeah. get, like, actual tacos. Like, mm -hmm. I, like that's my preference if I'm going to choose something. Absolutely. But, like, yeah, Mighty's like a buffalo staple, so, like, yeah. you got to have it, like, at least once, mm -hmm. but I respect your opinion that I it's I think I had the chicken, chicken burrito, and then I also had one of the, were they empanadas? No. Probably an empanada. Empanada, like the, the cherry empanada? Ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, all right. 
like, okay, this is this is fine. It's about time for me to pack up and uh, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's the consistency of eating it, too, that makes it taste better. I don't know. I think a lot of things are like that, though. Mm. But also, if I have the choice of any fast food right now, and you know this about us because we went to school together, but right now – Every go-to meal is a hot and spicy McChicken from McDonald's. You better work. With pickles on it. <laughs> like, I get, like, three of them every time. Yes. They're, like, $1.50. Yep. So why the fuck would you not? Why They're would so good. you not? Why would you not? The McChickens, honestly, I can't describe how good McChickens make me feel on the yeah. inside and outside. Them bringing back the hot and spicy was the highlight of my 2020. Mm, I'm sorry. So, in my Caucasian lifestyle, I've started to get into... Spice. Okay. Because, <laughs> oh. yes, I know, we're really branching out. 2021 is a year of me. Okay. And, okay. Um, Former Penzi Spice and Blade over oh here. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't even get me so We'll get back to that. Okay, beautiful. Um, don't sue me, Penzi Spices, please. Um, <laughs> but um, the – so I've always liked sriracha. I've always been a sriracha fan. Me too. But I've never really liked hot sauce. Like, yeah. also, very controversial yet brave opinion at being very vulnerable and very open with you all. Um, I don't like buffalo flavor. Oh, my God. And I also, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to saddle it up with this. I'm just going to pour it all out here because I respect everyone. Um, I also don't like blue cheese. I'm not a huge blue cheese fan either, though. Oh, mama, that's mold. That's the, thi- <laughs> that's the thing is I'm like, I will eat chicken wings no problem any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Will I put blue cheese on it? Never. Will if I put sauce... ranch on it, though? Never. I yeah. will never put ranch on it either. If the sauce is good enough on the chicken wing, why do you need blue cheese or ranch? That's, yep. That's Sorry. how, that's I, don't how make the I rules. feel. God does. That's how I feel. But still, even though I don't eat blue cheese over ranch or either of them really on chicken wings, mm-hmm. I know that if you're choosing one, it has to be blue cheese. Like, it has to be. I understand. It's precedent. It's a, it's precedent, mm-hmm. and we're in Buffalo, New York, which is the chicken wing capital of the world. Truly. We have to live by the standards of what we brought up. Like that, Absolutely. We know that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. We know. The bulwark of our own society. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we we slave and toil, and, and these are the labors of it. Mm, and these are their stories. And these are bum, their bum. stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I will never work. Uh, I will never forget that year that we started hanging out, working the dance concert with you, and seeing the first shades of your humor. Oh, through that. God. <laughs> it was the best, especially. So that dance concert kind of sucked for me too, if you remember, because I was working. Yes. Lights, I think. I'm pretty sure I was working yes. lights for that one. Mm-hmm. I were I worked sound for the next year. I worked lights for the first one. And the board fried like four times. Oh my god! Yes. Throughout that whole thing, the Remember? ghost of so war enters. <laughs> yeah, so it was like students were programming the lights and things, and that was taking a while as it was. So I was just waiting there to get on the board. So mm-hmm. like all the tech week was me just sitting around and waiting, and then the board fried. Rip. And like they had to go and reprogram the whole show and everything like that. So the first bunch of rehearsals. Was me just waiting for something to do. Yes. Yeah. And then you came in. <laughs> and you brought this huge ray of sunshine to my life. Oh, my God. Thanks. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, dance concerts were wild, especially as a house manager. For any real production that I house managed, I would be there for, like, the first day. Mm-hmm. And then I would be like, hey, my job doesn't start till about two days before we open. 
so I'm not going to be here. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do literally anything else until two days. I'll do homework. Fuck it. Like, yeah, I'm double majoring at the time, and I have a part-time job on campus. I'm dying and also simultaneously dead. Um, and I came in, and I was like, all right, cool. And then those of us that worked on the dance concert – like, love the dance concerts, so lit, so fun. The performances were great. Audiences, spectacular. Brought in so many people, even outside of, like, the theater and dance Absolutely. departments. Because everyone would come and see them. Um, I also feel like, though, there's, like, a shared trauma. Yeah. <laughs> Between all of us that worked on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was a lot of work. It was very stressful. And, I mean, this isn't a read. This is no shade. But, like... Sometimes it's very difficult to work with dancers, especially coming from a theater background. Like, and it can be very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. One one would say tumultuous. Yeah. And, um, I, I did enjoy it, but I also loved that as like a cool down every night after the dance concert, like you, me, Samantha Crystal, um, who was on wardrobe for that. Um, yeah. Chelsea Correa. Yep. Shout out um, Chelsea. And like some other people always. Tolu. 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 Wherever you are in the world right now, Tolu, if you're doing well. Um, I know. She's out doing her thing now. I know. She was so funny in the most subversive way. Mm. She would just say these tiny little offhanded comments under her breath, and I'd be like, that's hilarious. She's the best. Yeah. Um, but we would all go to McDonald's. Yep. After every single, we'd be like, all right, we'd be clean enough, everyone would be gone, and we'd all be like, McDonald's. Yep. And <laughs> it would be like McDonald's. <laughs> and a bunch of you guys would jump into my old 99 Chrysler Concorde oh, that I had yes. at the time. The the gold member, mm-hmm. as I'll call her, <laughs> Selena. Um, uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, and we'd head over, like, literally every night. I must have gained, like, five to ten pounds that semester. We were just going for it because <laughs> we were like, you know, we had to decompress from the dance concert. Um, and we could do that in a McDonald's dining room. But it was so nice, too, because I was really trying to get to know you guys at that point, too. So, like, the more time I could spend with you guys, it was so much better for me being able to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I loved being around you guys. I lo- I'm one of those people that loves making new friends, though, too, because I love learning about people, and I love, like, making those connections like that. Yeah, it's it was a fucking blast. And, like, also... I feel like I was in a weird position because I came – I didn't mean for this to happen, but I came into college with my closest friends from high school. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I already had, like, a pre-established um, friend group, mm-hmm. and I was still open to making friends, but I also look back now and I see how, like, that was very intimidating for some people to come in because it, it was myself, Mary Breest, Molly Bader, and – uh, Samantha Hansen mm-hmm. and Mary and Molly were in the department with me and all of us yeah, and such. And so it was like us as a trio and Sammy did um, media communications and graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would do some theater stuff too. And so we sort of came in being like, well, we're already the best of friends. Yeah. And so some people later on have been like, yeah, you guys are really fun and really great. And I'm so glad we're friends now. But, like, you guys are very intimidating coming in there into, 100%. like, the learning community with, like, nine kids at Buffalo State and being, like, three of them are already best friends with each other. It can be a lot. 
it, it mm-hmm. can be a lot. I remember Julie was a little skeptical too when we uh, first started dating because it's like you're coming into mm-hmm. this huge group of people you don't know, and it's totally understandable. It's yeah, like absolutely. it's like all of a sudden, like not only are you having to be am- around me, your new boyfriend, but you're also like around five or six people that all of a sudden, like you guys don't know each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's just kind of like this settling point. But once you do get to know you guys, you guys are so approachable. Like, <laughs> And it was it, it was the best just to know I could come to any of you with anything and just be fine. And I kind of knew Molly beforehand, too, because mm-hmm. we were in an Italian class, like, mm-hmm. totally unrelated to our major a year prior yes. with each other. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about that. Um, yeah, but it was it was – it was great. I am so glad that, like, the people that came into my life have come into my life. Mm-hmm. Like, Me too. And I I often think, like, what would my life be like if I didn't go to Buffalo State? Yeah. And I honestly can't imagine it because Buffalo State opened my eyes in so many ways, not only with learning who I am as a person, mm-hmm. um, learning more about theater, learning more about, like, the craft itself and such like that, <laughs> the art. The art you, the work. theater. <laughs> yeah, the work. Excuse me, the work. Um, sorry, I was choking on my own words because they were <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> the Holy Ghost was like, oh all right, shove that back in there. We you are part. in a Catholic school. Like, that's that's it. Oh, yeah. God. I know. I am hot. I'm burning up, Dan. I know. I mean, I've been drinking Trulies in this for eight <laughs> weeks straight. Like, I, can you imagine, like, as a kid, this is a lifelong goal. Like, I am sitting <laughs> drinking alcoholic beverages in my old middle school. I hope you said your act of contrition. Yeah. I said, I said my Hail Marys. I said yeah. my Our Fathers. Don't the Lord is with that. thee. And, um, and also with thee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and with your spirit. Um, but I uh, – it also helped me, like, broaden my horizons just, like, societally and socially as well. Because yeah. how diverse Buffalo State was. Because I come from a place that was just, like – uh, you got mayo and you got tartar sauce. Those are the people that are there. Yeah. And uh, then I sort of got opened up. I was like, oh, my God, it's almost like other people exist. Weird. And yeah. it was nice to see that and just kind of get thrown into that. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And going to a SUNY school in an urban setting. It's the only SUNY school in an urban setting. Yeah, and that's so that true. that was really great, too. That's very true. Because also we got that experience of I can just walk off campus and go to a museum or go to shops or go to bars or go to clubs. Yeah. And there's a culture and there's a neighborhood and there's vibrancy. I'm not like – and this is not – this is no shade. No tea, no shade. No tea, no shade. Uh, um, But, like, some places – I mean, you look at, like, UB. Yeah. It's UB. It's, it's – they – you're in the you're not in the middle of nowhere, but they've purchased so much land right. <laughs> that they made you in the middle of it's nowhere. A, it's a city in itself, so yes. it's like if you want to go off and go to other places, it's a night. Like mm-hmm. you have to make a trip out exactly. of that. Exactly, and I was partying at UB sometime. UB frat houses are great. I mean, I went to a luau themed frat party in a basement, mm-hmm. and there may or may not have been a lube pool. I don't know, <laughs> but like <laughs> we don't know. There could have been. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> We have, to, we have to get on. I can feel. I can feel the uh, the Big Brother's eyes on the back of my neck. Big Brother TKE frat. Right. Um, it, did, it didn't happen. Nothing happened. No, nothing happened. No, if no. you forget about it. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but backpedaling. We got sort of off track. We were talking about spelling bee. <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about spelling bee at one point, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, spelling bee was super lit, super fun. It was my first show. I was very nervous, and that's also where I sort of bonded with Sam Crystal. Yeah, was that because it, it was her first show as well, mm-hmm. and we saw her bonding because we were like the new kids on the block. Um, yeah, and 
it was so much fun. And I learned so much not only from Jen, but also like from the older kids that were in it. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's really beneficial as much as we gave a lot of shit to doing shows with alumni. I think it's really beneficial being around them and being able to learn like, oh, these are what the people that came before me can do and like now they're professional i can learn from this and mm-hmm. learn from that and, and certain things like that so it's cool that you had that kind of opportunity with it that. was great and honestly didn't expect it no um didn't expect it because like i didn't expect to get on the stage till i was a lot farther into the uh, buffalo state career mm-hmm. and when i got the call back i was like oh okay like they're just like this is going to be a scouting opportunity for something to put me in next year yeah and and then it happened, and I was like, "Lord have mercy." Yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt with um, with my opportunity with Iguana, and mm. it it, it kind of was what you were saying with that. I I had a really cool um, I had a really cool experience because Don Youngstrom, who was at the Buffalo State Theater Department, um, I consider him a mentor, and I consider him to be someone I'm very close with, and the person who gave me the most like leeway and opportunities because he was still chair when yeah. when I jumped in. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and so like when I first got in, into the department, Maureen Porter introduced me to him. Love Maureen. I love Maureen love so much. Maureen, it, she's another North Tonawanda girl. That's a North Tonawanda girl too. Oh my god, they're I just know. born and bred good, aren't Her, they? Her, Diane Bernardo, all all oh, wow. these amazing people are are from this area, which is really that's cool. cool. Um, so. Maureen introduced me to Don, and then I ended up becoming a full-time major, and then they were doing Night of the Iguana, and they were auditioning it and things like that, and I went in, and I auditioned. I was like, this is cool. I don't expect much to come out of this or whatever. Um, I didn't get a call back, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's what I expected or mm-hmm. whatever, and um, after that list went up, I ran into Don like a day later, and he was like, he was like oh, um, just so you know, the cast list and the callback list aren't done, but, and he gave me this look and we just kind of looked at each other for five seconds. And like, <laughs> I, I look, he looked at me like he wanted me to finish his sentence. And then <laughs> I looked at him like, do you want me to finish your sentence? What are we? What are we working with right now? And uh, he was like, he was like, you're in. And it was, it was such a, it was a really small That's role. Awesome. Um, but lit though and when i looked at it i was like i looked and i was like oh okay like i get what this is like this is this is an opportunity like this is just an opportunity mm-hmm. and i can do what i will with it and that show was a shit show <laughs> like it was an absolute shit show i'm not afraid to say that it's not it's common knowledge it was it, a shit show as an audience member it was um brave brave you know, I respect anyone that can go up on stage. <laughs> I, oh my god, uh, there were great parts. I I lit. I started that show by lighting a joint. That was the first. That, that was the true. first cue for the lights. Was like mm-hmm. me lighting a match and me who puffing on a joint. Dario. 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 Dario doing pull ups. Mm. Shout out Dario. He his his daughter actually just turned a year old. Like yesterday. Oh my god! Or two congratulations, days ago. Dario. That's yeah. amazing. Um, Dario was always very sweet. He's the best. Great arms. He's he's oh, oh my god, great <laughs> arms. Those football player theater majors. Kwame, um, we're talking to you Kwame out Feaster, there. Kwame Feaster, Lord <laughs> have mercy. I'm about to bust. Stop ignoring my text and text me back, you bastard. I love you, Kwame. Um, but uh, yeah, it was me and Dario around for that whole show, 
And then we had like these kind of parts where we'd like walk through and things like that. And like Don was really like, make the most of your time. Like he would, he would just like, yeah. he would constantly say like, make the most of your time and do this and get it done or whatever. And you did. And I remember there was a point where he was like, uh, I, I had asked him about something about getting out at a certain time, the one day or something like that. And he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. And he's like, what are your plans in the future? Like, what do you plan on doing? And I was like, I was like, well, I just want to continue like performing and like building and doing what I, and he was like, cause you're good. <laughs> like you're really good. And yeah. like, I could see you having a future doing things like that. And that was with Iguana, which I think it's really amazing when, or really a gift when people can look at people who do small roles and see that and be like, you're good at what you do. Yeah. I mean, look at the material. Like, yeah, it's, you did, you did the damn thing. I, yeah. Even with what you were given, you made the most of it. You made 110% about every single part of it, and mm -hmm. it showed. And that's why, as cliche as it sounds, like, wah wah, but like, there are no small parts. There only aren't. Small there actors. aren't. There are small actors. But like, it's, it's true. It's true. There's a reason that that's said so much. Mm -hmm. There's an absolute reason for Look that. Look at me in Footloose. Yeah, so that's another thing I wanted to talk about, though. Hold on, hold on. But that's another thing I wanted to talk about because you played Jeter, right? Yeah, the you're iconic. I I know you're all you all gasped at home. You <laughs> <laughs> know, they were like <gasps> Jeter. Who's Jeter? Uh, yeah. Wow, who the fuck is Jeter? Um, that's a great question. I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Um, oh my god. But yes, I did play seven three from the left in Footloose, and um, also known as Jeter, and. I uh, I was a little salty. I, I got a little too big for my britches in my head because I came off of Spelling Bee, and I was like, I'm hot shit, I'm hot shit. And then I was quickly humbled. Yeah, that was that was my <laughs> complex with Noises <laughs> Off, and I talked about that a couple of episodes yep. ago. Oh, Noises Off. Yeah. Um, But I played Jeter, who was one of uh, Ren's friends. Ren, who was played by Ricky Needham. Yeah. Um. And I was like, huh, huh. And, like, all of us friends are supposed to be, like, yes men. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if I just played the opposite <laughs> of that? <laughs> and I was like, but, and, like, not obnoxiously, not like, everybody, look at me. Just, like, very subtly played the opposite of what all the other yes men friends were doing. And I did. And, and it, it was, was incredible. <laughs> it was so good. You were, from being in the booth, you were one of the best people to watch <laughs> every single night because your expressions, your facial expressions, the way that your body language was like just telling everything. It was the fun. The thing that stands out to me is always when uh, Ricky's doing that terrible rap before <laughs> Mama said, right? And they're all getting into it. They're doing that. And you guys are like painting signs and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I wish I could show visuals on this podcast. <laughs> one day one day there will be a, a video element, but Patreon not today. content. So, Patreon content. Yeah, Patreon content. And, like, use your imaginations, people. It's a mm -hmm. thing that's lacking these days. Use your imagination. <laughs> so Ricky would start the rap, and, like, you'd pop your head up from the side and, like, kind of wide-eyed, like, what the hell is going on? And then you'd, like, look left. You'd look right. And then you'd start shaking your head no, like side to side, like what the hell is going on? And you'd be on like, this, this is record? awful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like everyone was like, yeah, yeah, we're getting to the rap. You go, Ren. We're in Footloose. I love Kevin Bacon. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I would be like, 
mama, this is garbage. Yeah. Like, and I'd be like, why are you rapping? Also, I tried to play up that thing where, like, I was in a musical, but I still found it odd that we break into song. Yeah. <laughs> I and think I'd that's be like, funny. why are we singing? How this happen? Whose mom was in a locker? Was it yours? It or was my Irie's? mom. I made. <laughs> it was mine, but Irie was with me. <laughs> Irie Kolbach. Was. Uh, she was. Tra- she uh, was also trying to get it open with <laughs> me too, right? And like that was un smoking between us we never talked about that bit i pulled it out there's a locker scene in footloose everyone where and for some reason um they had made the choice to use real metal lockers on wheels which were a ton and a half each oh my god do you remember how much time we spent on that during tech uh one may say a decade a decade Um, that was the longest tech weekend of my fucking life real realty i almost quit (laughs) because it was very frustrating i almost quit and i haven't quit anything in life yeah. Um, but we had to move these lockers. And so we had a lot of, like, subtextual moments where all the main characters are, like, main charactering and we're in the background in our lockers. And I was like, how can I make me talking to Irie Kolbach at my locker interesting and not just, like, watermelon, 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 watermelon? Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, that's the typical, like, if you're miming words – They say, like, if you say watermelon over and over again, it looks like you're talking and having a conversation, which is kind of true, but you're saying fucking watermelon over and over again. Exactly. Someone's reading your lips. They're just going to read watermelon over and over again on your lips. Yeah, insane. And I had made the bold choice to um, strong, still out if it's wrong, don't know if it was wrong yet, um, that my mother was trapped inside my locker. Yeah, I don't think that was the wrong choice to make at all. And I was trying to explain to Irie that I need help opening my locker because my mom was stuck inside the locker. And that was my subtext in the back of the scene through the <laughs> entire scene with, like, 40 other people because that was the show of legions of millions. Oh, man. And even though there were only 12 or 13 mics. Oh, my God. Only 12, 13 yeah. mics. And so th- uh, this is also some tea. I'm spilling it all. Buffalo State Secrets. It's Cancel it, me. Yep. Um, it's like a Lipton factory just mm, exploded over It there. is. Honestly, R.I.P. in pieces. Like, only 12 of us had mics in that show, and there's a cast of 32. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that you may have thought you heard singing were lip-syncing. Yep. They were lip-syncing. And it was me backstage in the wing going like, Heaven helps no <laughs> <the> man. <laughs> like, singing <laughs> 10 or 2. Of, like, heaven helps the man, and it was me. Yep, it pretty much was. The audacity. Oh, my God. The audacity. Oh, my God. The 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 pure... The, the gumption. Pure the pure gumption of it all. Mm-hmm. The gall. <laughs> <laughs> Malicious and intent. We lost a whole weekend of that show. Yes, because of the bad snowstorm. Yeah, we had a snowvember here the one year, and it, we got, like... Two feet of snow within, like, 12 hours. That was wild. I remember when that happened, I lived in the North Wing Complex at Buffalo State oh my in a suite. And Rhiannon Needham, shout out Rhiannon, shout out Rhiannon, was the theater floor RA. Oh, that was the best. And, and I wasn't was even great. on that floor. I know, but you you were a frequent flyer. I was. I just stayed there all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting snowed in, and they were like, in the first time in Buffalo State history, we're canceling classes. Da, 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 da. It's like, thanks for looking out for my safety, I guess. Yeah. Um. But it was just two days of, like, Rhiannon and myself sitting on a love seat, just drinking wine. Oh, my God. All day long. We all went insane. That, that was wild. And then I got so <laughs> insane. I got so stir-crazy. I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to go on a run. Bad move. Uh, just te- terrible. Terrible move. Like, Why would you do that? Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> and um, I did that, and then I came back inside, and I, like, laid on the floor for, like, an hour because I, like, burned my lungs from how cold the air was. Freezing, yeah. And, like, my heart rate wouldn't stop, and I was like, this is it. And I was like, I can't die here. You're, like, wheezing no- and shit because of how dry the air yes. was. And yeah. And I was like, I can't believe, I, I can't believe you've done this. Like, and I uh, was like, I can't die in this North Wing complex. Not during this. There, I can't no, go this way. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. This won't make me end up on a true crime podcast. Oh, my God. That's how I have to go. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I feel like that is fitting for you to be on, like, some big true crime. Like, I uh, don't know if you're the murderer. I don't know if you're the victim. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know. We'll see you by the end of this podcast. By the end of this podcast, uh-huh. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to switch genres by the end of it. It's yeah. not just going to be, about like, to get dork. informational or anything like <laughs> your that. Your average ordinary after dark. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, that weekend, I remember, I, bra- I quote, unquote, braved it back you here. Did. For, like, 24 hours mm-hmm. to, like, get warmth and, like, food. Yeah. And I left Buffalo like, oh, this is going to be treacherous. I got to be careful. I got to be doing that. And then I got up here, and there was nothing. Yeah. Just 20 minutes away, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I know, and they, they shut it and they shut it all down. They taught, Yeah, they shut it all down. North Towns, I feel like, get hit way less than the South Towns do a lot of the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. But, like, I got here. I couldn't, be- I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. We like, got two feet where we were, and there was nothing. No, and, like, the city is always, like, a couple of degrees warmer than everywhere else because of the pollution. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, like, it, it was, like, bad, but it wasn't, like, anything crazy. Also, I come from the snow capital of the world. Yeah, that's true. Like, the lake effect, it has an effect. It has a um, huge effect. And so I was like, oh, this, this old thing, like, uh... But I did enjoy this whole thing. Um, but I did enjoy uh, getting the time off, even though I didn't enjoy missing shows of Footloose, though. Yeah, we Because once I got into the run, I had a blast in the run. Rehearsal process, I definitely was like, wait, 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 I'm salty. Mm-hmm. But then once the once the show started, I was like, all right, this is really fun. Yeah, exactly. That's always kind of how it is, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it's very much like that. But, yeah, we we lost a little bit of that show, which was really disappointing. Because there were only, like, two weekends of it to begin with, and we lost, like, two shows from that last weekend. Mm-hmm. And then I remember coming back up here and just grabbing a shitload of food and, like, yeah. bread and, like, Because mm-hmm. we, sta- we were stuck. Because we were stuck, and the dining halls had nothing because they couldn't get anything mm-hmm. in. So I just brought it all back, and I remember we all just, like, sat in North Wing and then, like, ate and then got, like, wine drunk and, mm-hmm. like— God bless. God, that was that was a terrible weekend, but I I that's 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 iconic. Yeah, that's for the Patreon. Is like yeah, a, a other other kind because we had that, mm-hmm. and then that was the Footloose cast party was the next day. <gasps> Lord <sighs> on high. <laughs> that was um, that was a bad time. Uh anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, I oh God, I will never forget. Being so hungover for two days in a row <laughs> that I had to wear sunglasses to the dining hall. You were a walking version of the mummy. I, I, like, I, what was I that year? What was I that a year? A grizzled husk. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I, like, me too. Just this empty shell of a man trying to find himself. And just, 
and will he be successful? <laughs> tune knows? in. Tune in next week. Yeah, well, to just get an update at least. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it's not going to be solved by next <laughs> week. I promise you that, folks. It's, yep. it's okay. Not. He's not in hospice yet. We're good. Not yet. Wow, that was. <laughs> don't let women toy with your emotions before a cast party or a significant other, for just, that matter. Just don't let. Just don't let. <laughs> Just don't let yourself feel. Just never let. Conceal, don't feel. <laughs> don't let them know. Don't but now they know. But now they know. <laughs> but now they know. <laughs> now they know. Sorry, Mom. I know you're listening. Um. Hi, Mrs. Torres. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, hope you're doing well. Yeah, she is. Good. She, Mom's great. I fucking love her. What a sweetheart. She's the best. Um. Yeah, but uh, that was the night I... The Footloose cast party was the night I downed a bottle of vodka in 15 minutes. Or half a bottle, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Again, sorry, Mom. Um, we, we live and let learn. Yeah, we live and learn. Um, and that's when Lee, Lee was doing, like, the scene-style shots where he was, like, pouring everything. Oh, and, like, wow, that was a lot. It was a lot. How did we survive college? Um, A lot of repression. I think so. But also, you know, I'm just saying repression, trauma, traumatic events makes the best people in adult life. Yeah. I'm sorry. People that are like, I had a really great time and I brushed my hair a lot. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Shut absolutely up. Yeah. Like, no one no one cares, Bethany. Mm. Like, calm down. Yeah. Like, I need, I need people that are funny, witty, and that have gone through a lot of extreme emotional trauma. <laughs> <laughs> that is where I thrive. Yeah, that's why I stopped talking to Molly Bader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Molly. Molly has it all, yeah. Bader. <laughs> Goody two shoes. Molly <laughs> has it all, Bader. Yeah, if that is her middle name. If that is. It's German. Probably. Yeah. Probably some German. And <laughs> I love you, Molly. Molly Bader. I don't show. even know if you. Li- I don't know who listens to the show, which is like. Well, I'm gonna make everybody that we know listen. Perfect. Yeah. Cause like, this is gonna. This is a fun one already, and we're. Yeah. We still got so much to go. And I'm, to. I'm gonna be like, listen to my annoying, annoying, nasally ass voice. Yeah. Um. That was a weird semester because we had. Um. That was the semester with the whole vom and the vom story. <gasps> um. In oh, within oh Romeo and Juliet. God. First of all, overall arc for Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Also directed by Jennifer Tui. Also directed by Jennifer Tui. A lot of people crap on this show. I do too sometimes. They in fact for do. certain reasons. I had a blast doing Romeo and Juliet. I had an absolute blast. Yeah. Um, I got to play some really fun parts throughout that whole thing, and I think that added to my experience. Yeah. I also think the overall scene partners I had were really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we all, for the most part, had a genuinely good time with each other in a lot of like ways and a lot of things. It was my first time doing a show with Mary. Um, I got to do, uh, my first show with Jerry Melendez is the only one I ever got to do with him. Ah, yes. Um, and I love Jerry. Shamid is the only show I got to do with Shamid. Shamid. I love Shamid. Um, Jesse, that was the first Mm -hmm. one I got to do at Buff State with him. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also a big chunk of it is I got to play Tybalt for all of Tybalt's yes. lines for whatever reason, which is so cool. It was lit. I loved playing Tybalt. I think that's the last opportunity I'll ever have to do it. Mm-hmm. But that was that was so fun to do. Yeah, if and like Tybalt, if you're gonna do Romeo and Juliet, like 
You wanted me, Tibble. He's the best character. Yeah, yeah you wanted me, Tibble. He's the shit starter. Yeah, truly. The pot stirred. Mm-hmm. Like, and see, if I, I always wanted to be the prince. Yeah, that's a great role, role but, too. But, like, or I want to be, <laughs> I want to be Lady Montague. Mm, yep. Because <laughs> I just want to. Fair. I just want to scream when they're like, Romeo has been banished. And then be like. Oh, my God. Didn't Molly. Wasn't Molly the one who did that? Yes. Molly. Like, yeah! Ba- yeah. Molly. Painter, Romeo has been banished. Beat. So just banshee wail. Fall. <laughs> fall down to the floor. Just weeping. And I was like, that's the drama like, I am oh, here for. Okay. And I'm like, this is the drama I'm here for. That was like, That was like. One of the best parts of the show for me, because I'm laying on the ground dead while that <laughs> while all that's happening. So I'm like, I'm just laying there, eyes closed, listening to the chaos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Meanwhile, whoever was above me, I think, I think Den- Denzel was with me at that point. Um, he's like over top of me, and he's always saying like, he's like, I can't believe he's gone. Like, <laughs> he's like yeah. saying like, <laughs> he's like just vamping and saying all all this like really funny stuff, but like <laughs> shit. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. like stuff like that <laughs> but that's that's such a hard show to do especially in college because it's like no matter how you do it it's going to be like two and a half hours long mm-hmm. it's hard to keep a college audience yeah. captive that long especially yeah. it's a language that they're not used to hearing yeah exactly mm-hmm. and it's romeo and juliet so we've all heard some version of the story before mm-hmm. and so, we all have it stuck in our heads when we read it in seventh grade english oh my god like, yeah yeah, seventh grade freshman, whichever way. Yeah, it. either like, or. Like it's common. It's a common theme. Like everybody's done it, and they're expecting like this love story. And we had a very, we had a version where you had to pay attention to the Shakespeare a lot. Mm-hmm. Switching characters, different actors would play different characters throughout the show, <laughs> and such that would be delineated by costume pieces. And so it was definitely a different take on Romeo and Juliet. So it definitely took, like a good attention span to have. Yeah. And you're already asking a lot of a college audience to have an attention span for theater in general. Yes, exactly. 100%. Um, so all that happens. We tell this whole overarching thing for Romeo and Juliet to talk about the bomb of the bomb. Mm-hmm. So my perspective of the bomb and the bomb that night is we're on a, I think it was a Friday night performance, a Thursday or Friday night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm in one of the wings. We're in a black box theater, and that means that audience is on four sides of the stage. So you're performing in a round to all sides that are around you. Right. And so you have an entrance at each wing, so there are like four entrances you can really come from. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at like the southwest corner, I would say. Let's call it the southwest corner for now. And... I'm waiting to go in. I'm waiting for my entrance. And I see this audience member who is just walking through the bomb, which is what you would call like the entrance way, like mm-hmm. leading yeah, to the an stage. Entrance and exit. Yeah, entrance and exit um, leading to the stage or like to the outside or whatever. And I see him covering his mouth. And I see him as he's walking mm-hmm. puke a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> out of the exit way and then i hear him open the door to like the hallway in front of like the our main department office and spew what i can only describe as a niagara falls amount of vomit it was and no one was in a barrel going over it no like, it was heinous. it was disgusting it, it was it was so this dude had just pre-gamed 
for a college theater show. Couldn't hold his liquor. No. Couldn't sit through. It was the first act. So we're like it we're thirty minutes into the act. show. Yeah, we're in, we're thirty minutes into the show. So he must have been wasted. Mm-hmm. Like he must have, he been, must have been wasted he, to the point where he couldn't even hold it and threw up in the entranceway. Absolutely. So meanwhile, like two people step in it. We should have. We should have stopped the show. I know. We really should have. And like, I. So I couldn't believe what was happening. And then someone tripped. Uh, a girl that on the show slipped and fell in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, that was like the worst. Slipped and fell in it. Yeah. And I could not believe it. And so. Um, yeah. Let's pause. Let's okay. pause for a second. I'm going to continue from my perspective okay. for a yes, hot Yes, yes. I will this. be right back. Yeah. So. Th- this whole overnight was weird. So from my perspective of this, right, we have this guy vomits. Um, Carmella goes out, deals with him, uh, kind of, I guess, comes from like a different side or whatever. Meanwhile, I'm still trying to act and be actively engaged in this show somehow. So I'm... Uh, trying to like keep going because it's Act One, so I'm still Tybalt. So I'm running through um my lines, running through different things with that. And at the end of um my segment, so if for those who don't know Romeo and Juliet, Romeo and Juliet get married or whatever, obviously. And then the scene after, um, Tybalt is looking for Romeo because he invaded one of his parties or he crashed one of his parties. Tybalt ends up dueling Mercutio. He get he cheap shots Mercutio and kills him, right? Mercutio ends up dying off stage. Um meanwhile, I come back. No one knows what my motives are if Romeo chases me. It, it's different in a lot of versions of this, right? So I get killed, and the way I fell was I fell face down on the stage, and then people carried me off. So this whole incident is still going on, and rather than still being immersed and fully engaged in the show and the roles and things like that, there were a lot of people that were were still really concerned with where um, the vomit was in the vom, the vom and the vom. <laughs> um, and so um, I get carried off. I remember get, getting picked up by all my limbs and getting kind of brought off stage. And then – Instead of being gently lowered down, as I normally am, some people are still concerned with this vomit, and I just got dropped right on the side of my hip, and it hurt like an absolute bitch. I've just gone through this whole entire fight scene that I'm supposed to be, like, recovering from and doing this and all that. That's supposed to be taxing on me, but instead, I spend the whole 15 minutes or whatever of intermission like just pacing back and forth in this black box because I was so mad and so upset that my fellow actors weren't taking care of me that I was just, I just needed to cool down for a minute. That was like one of the weirdest nights I've ever had in theater. So I've had that. Here's another story that I have from that. And um, Jeremy's taking a quick bathroom break, but when he comes back, we'll keep talking about this. So, I had a night during the importance of being earnest. It was opening night. 
Um, we had gone through the preview. The preview was pretty much an opening night. That's how big the house was. Um, we had this prop. It was a three-tiered glass dish that um, I used to kind of play with, and I had been playing with for the preview and um, for opening night. So um, opening night, I have this prop. Welcome back. It's good Thank to you. see you. Thank you. Uh, full disclosure, I had to be. Everyone. No, yeah, you're totally fine. <laughs> um, I finished up Vom and the Vom. Now I'm talking about opening night of Earth. Oh, perf. Um, Both things I was involved in. Yeah. So it's this three-tiered glass tray. Um, I look over it. The, the thing, the gag with the scene is that there are these cucumber sandwiches I'm supposed to have out for my aunt who's coming to town. This is also a Don Youngstrom directed show. Shout out, mm-hmm. Don. Um, and throughout the scene, I'm talking to the character Jack, who was played by Jesse Tiber in that show. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm eating these sandwiches, and throughout the scene, mm-hmm. you remember, I casually have to yeah. eat these cucumber sandwiches that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think I was on stage with you for this. Yes, you were. Yeah, because I played Lane mm-hmm. in The Importance of Being Earnest, who's just like one of the butlers. My butler. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, my aunt Augusta comes out, sandwiches are gone. This particular night, I remember too, um, our props mistress, Sam Crystal, shout also, out again. Samantha Crystal, also Aunt Augusta, mm-hmm. Tony Chase, mm-hmm. played by Dr. Anthony Chase. Shout out my Aunt Augusta. Um, but uh, Sam was out because there was this wicked flu going around that yes. we all got through mm-hmm. that entire thing. Um, and she got it. So... Um, our stage manager, Mary Breest, shout out, Mary. I love you, Mary. Hell yeah. Um, Eminem is the best. Uh, <laughs> anyway, our um, our Uh-oh. stage manager. Isn't it Machine Gun Kelly's birthday today? No, I hope not. <laughs> I don't care. Um, anyway. Source subject, source subject. <laughs> um, so Mary had to cut the sandwiches that night. I remember looking at them and being like, oh, my God, these are bigger than usual. And they're like, <laughs> there are 12 of these things that I have to eat. Normally, they're, yeah. like, small. They're, like, mm-hmm. bite-sized that I could kind of just – these were, like, fucking like, sandwiches. Hope you're hungry. Yeah, exactly. They were, like, nom, cut nom, into nom. quarters. They were, like, full sandwiches cut into quarters. <laughs> so I'm, like, focusing on eating these. I'm, like, please, 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 let them get it done. Like, the whole gag won't work if I don't have these fucking things eaten by then. <laughs> um. So I get done with that. My my aunt Augusta comes on stage. I'm like, whew, worst part of that's over. Yeah, dun, 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 think again. <laughs> so I'm inspecting this glass-tiered thing, and I slam it down, I guess, a little bit harder than I normally have. And the thing shattered. Shattered. Shattered in mm-hmm. my hands. And it was one of those moments when it went down that the first second I had, or the first thought I had the second it broke, was I'm bleeding. It was one of those ones where you just oh, know. Talk about Leona Lewis. <laughs> hey. hey, we love a circle bag. Someone give me a we compass like, to measure that circle. Hey, like. I love it so much. <laughs> um, love joking. Love jokes. So I look at my hand, and sure enough, I'm bleeding. And I'm like, fuck, I'm bleeding. What do I do? Um, meanwhile, too... I'm still continuing my lines. I, I, I'm still, like, on autopilot. Oh, like, you, I'm you, going. I didn't going. miss a beat. Um, no one had to cover. No one had to do anything. I'm still, nope. like, moving. Nope. But I'm like, But I'm like, I'm bleeding, and I'm going to bleed all over the set. What <laughs> the fuck am I going to do? This is a biohazard. Exactly. So this, um, 
the set because of the setup um it was set almost like brunch style so i was like there's got to be a napkin on this table and i look and of course there are napkins as prop mm-hmm. on the table i'm like thank god so i just pick one up real quick i wrap it around my hand and i just keep my hand behind my back for the rest of the scene and because it was a period piece it made sense right. that my hand could be in that and wasn't like why is he holding his hands behind his back right mm-hmm. exactly so i just remember um because there was a gap where i left sage for a little bit so i walk my aunt augusta off stage and i walk straight out and i turn to the right <laughs> and the asm who's our friend henry farleal mm. um and this absolute team of people are just standing there like come on come on we gotta patch you Mm -hmm. up i don't know why there were 16 people there well what was wild is that i so during all this Mm -hmm. while all this shenanigans and sharkanery was happening yeah i'm dying to hear about this from your perspective um i'm on stage and i play lane who lane was like the butler that's just like over it very um very like the I forgot his name now, but if you ever watched the nanny with Fran Drescher, oh, very like yes. very that guy that was the housekeeper yes, type I butler can't guy. Remember. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I remember watching you shatter the plate and cut your hand, and like thinking, this bitch just cut his hand, <laughs> and being like, how we're we gonna find our way out of this one, and. Because I, I can't do anything. It's a period piece, and I'm a servant. I can't make bold choices. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Like, and so I was like, all right. And then I got off stage, and then everyone was like, what was that noise? And I was like, Dan cut his hand. And then everyone was like, ah. yeah. <laughs> like just like instant panic. And I was like, I mean, like, it's fine or whatever. But like, and then like Ron Schwartz came back there. Yeah, who, he was in the audience. I felt so bad that night. Who designed the set and constructed the set. Like, he came back there and was just like, um... <laughs> and I was like, uh. And and so that was wild. And so you got mobbed the minute you got off stage. Except for him was oh like, Dan, are you okay? Dan, da, 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 here, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, I'm just going to stand back because there are too many cooks. Yeah, too you, many you cooks. probably had the right idea in doing that with that. Because mm-hmm. there were 16 people who's like, I fe- you know what I felt like? I felt like at the end of like some kind of heist movie. Like being the main guy who mm-hmm. like is just walking out of the bank and there were like thirty <laughs> cop cars there and I just had my hands up. It's like uh. and I like just being like and then I like do the thing where I pull the gun so that they all <laughs> shoot me at the same time and like Simple Man by Leonard Skinner is playing in the background like <laughs> that that's what it felt like when I was doing that. But I remember I remember Ron coming back and me looking at him going Ron I'm so sorry about your dish and he, <laughs> and he was just like he's like. I don't care about the dip. Let's get you oh patched God. up. He's like, we just You're need to bleeding. get you. But the cool thing I noticed about that, too, was I go back on stage, and now I'm bandaged up. Like, now there's a bandage on my hand. Mm-hmm. And I looked out, and the overwhelming thing was, like, everyone in the audience was like, what the fuck happened to his hand? <laughs> so, like, they didn't even see. Like, it played off so well mm-hmm. that they didn't even know I cut myself at that no. point. No. So that was, like... For me, I was like, holy shit, that was really cool that it, mm-hmm. like, even though this major thing just happened. You're saying to gloss right over Yeah. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, like, that speaks on everybody in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, mean, especially you. I guess. I, I mean, mean, I was just on autopilot. Like, this. The show must go on. Yeah. I don't, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There are certain things, like, 
there are certain things I definitely wouldn't be able to go on from. That was luckily one of them where I could continue. Yeah. I know right now if my shoulder ever popped out on stage, I'd be in trouble. Uh, you and that damn shoulder. Speaking of which, um, so the other day. I'm going to jump over don't, this table. Don't, 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 don't even I'm going to tear down the walls of this listen, Catholic school. Listen, 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 listen. So it hasn't happened in a while. Let me Let me start off by saying that. The last time it happened was like a month before Boys Upstairs. Right? So it was. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been over a year. Mm-hmm. The other day, I was sitting down, <laughs> talking to my brother. Sitting down, talking to him. Mm-hmm. I didn't move my arm. I swear to you, I did not move my arm. I believe you. I believe you. And my shoulder just fell out. <laughs> but. I'm not I have even many. Kidding. I have many questions. I, Jeremy, I was <laughs> sitting in a chair with my laptop on my lap. I barely moved, and it came out. Uh, are you a Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> like, or sorry, it's not Mr. Potato Head anymore. A Potato Head? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I. How? Okay. Cause I'm broken. <laughs> that's like, why. That's why, how. How how does that happen, Dan? How does that happen, Jeremy? I don't know. Also, are we looking into this medically? Um. Yeah. Now, yes. Now, yes. Oh, so it's only taken. So, uh, no, but I told you the last time I went. So I went like two years ago to a specialist mm-hmm. for my shoulder. Right. And he said there was not. He basically said there was nothing wrong. Well, and this clearly was, a quack. I know, like literally. <laughs> but this was like I waited a while to get in with this dude because he's supposed to know exactly what he's doing with this shit. And he apparently just said that like my tendons are just really stretchy, like mo- stretchier than most people's. Hot. So I'm more prone to having it just happen. Yeah. And they were. And he was like, the scary thing was he was like, um, he was like, your left shoulder is the same way, so you're probably going to dislocate your left shoulder too at some point. And Great. I was like, oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love More this pain. for me. I love this for More me. Thank pain. you. But the scary thing was the other day, this was the scariest part about it, is normally I could get it back in relatively quick. <laughs> this time I couldn't get it back in. <sighs> so, like, I was having my brother, like, help me guide it and, like, do all this shit. And it just <laughs> it just wouldn't, it wouldn't pop back in. It wouldn't do it. So is the end of the story that you have a prosthesis now, or no, what? No, <laughs> I just I the end of the story is that I'm still a frail little bitch. I can't. Bu- I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> well, you were there the first time I did it. I and was. Like, it's I was there at ground zero, bitch. It's been like six years, and God, it's still uh, like it's not. It's not getting better. There has to be a way to fix this. You Surgery, can't live your. You probably. can't live your. Yeah, something. You can't live your life just, especially if you were just a sitting. You can't fall apart. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's it, to, to be not like, not like fair, but like, uh, I I don't even know. It's 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 just bad. Like I I was feeling the past two weeks. I've been feeling that shoulder instability. Sure. Like I've been feeling that it's unstable. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it could be prone to happen right now. Like mm. it it could be getting to this point. Mm-hmm. But nothing, like nothing. 
I did nothing to it this time. And sometimes it's as simple as I'm raising my arm over my head. And it like does that. It's the weirdest movements you wouldn't expect. Sure. So this is this is the the prime example I could give as to how random this is. Mm. So when I was rehearsing for Jungle Book, you saw that show. A lot I of climbing. A lot of like, great show. Yeah, great Loved show. It. Fun, so fun. So 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 much fun. That's how the way you felt um, watching me do that was the way I felt watching you doing Leaf Coney Bear <laughs> and watching you do um, Mercury Fur last year. <gasps> Uh, and but we'll get to that because yeah. I want to spend some time on Mercury for because that was an excellent show. Um, but uh, oh man, what? So in Jungle Book, I'm doing a rehearsal, super physical. Have to do a lot of climbing. Have to do a lot of jumping. Mm-hmm. Have to do a lot of like swinging place to place and things being like that. Mowgli, being Mowgli, being Mowgli. Being mm-hmm. Mowgli. I go through that fine. I get out of rehearsal. I go to the parking lot. It's a winter day. I happen to slip on some ice. That's like out there. And I didn't fall, mm. but like I threw my arms out to catch my balance. Sure. Right? Shoulder popped out. Ugh. Doing that. I had just gone through a four hour rehearsal where I'm doing all sorts of physical activity mm-hmm. that I could have easily, anytime, just went. It could have, it could have mm-hmm. gone. Slipping on the ice. Boom. Just moving it the wrong way. Boom. Threw it out. Heads alike. The, the, um, uh, the parking meters were right there. Yeah, and I had to like place my hand on top of it and just kind of pull into and like shift oh, until it got God. back out. Oh, it's oh, the what the fuck? It's the worst. <laughs> Between that and I, I threw my back out for the second time last year. You are in your twenties, Jeremy. I know. <laughs> I know. What's happening? I. I I don't know. It's years of pro wrestling. Ask Mike Fosher how much that takes on your body. True. true and it does. like just the wear and tear. I wait. You know how physical yeah. I was when you first met me. Mm-hmm. And like I still try and be super physical. Sure. But it's just like even now, like I'll, I got into running really big last year. And sometimes when I was running, I would be like, if my shoulder bounces the right way, there could be a problem. Like, there there just could be. But it feels great, and it's like, you know, physical activity is so good for you in general. Right. But it's like, what the fuck do I do about about, about this problem where there's, it could be so random like this? Yeah, there's there's got to be something. Like, and it may have to involve surgery. Like, but, yeah, well, the surgeries suck. Sure. But, I mean, like, it's not like you're 95 years old and I having know. this problem. I know. You're in it's, your you're in your I 20s mean, and you're 20s. having this issue. So, it, like, needs to be fixed now or else it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Dude, it's 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 rough. It's your arm's going to fall off. You're going to be a one-arm bitch. And I'll beat everybody. In a two-arm arm. world. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll use my left arm to pick up my right arm and then I'll beat everybody with my right arm. That's, <laughs> That's how it's going to be. I mean, I would love to see it, but I don't <laughs> want that for you. Like Mr. Potato Head. We were talking about that. Like, or Potato Head. I'm sorry. Like, I'm yeah, sorry, Potato Head. Canceled. For sorry. Sake. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But find other shit to care about, please. <laughs> Definitely, I un- I understand. I understand. I just feel like as though there are some bigger fish to fry. Uh, yes! Mm-hmm. Yes! So, but I completely understand. Like, I get it. I get it. There are genocides going on right now, and you're compa- yeah. you're more concerned about Potato Head's fucking pronoun? It's like, uh, mama. Like, people are dying, Kim. <laughs> God. Like, 
and I'm all please I am I am all for inclusion and equality and everything like that but there's there's more important things than focusing on a toy that's been out since like the 1950s yeah and I think that like sometimes and I'm not going to speak for anyone I'm just going to speak for myself yes um I think that sometimes when stuff like when big corporations and companies do things like that in sort of the vein of being like, hey, we're progressive, uh, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. they hurt the cause more than they help the cause. Yeah. Because instead of being like, you know what, Mr. Potato Head is genderless, why don't instead the corporation that makes Mr. Potato Head start donating money, time, and resources to trans charities yeah, or, or trans creators or create new toys and such like that like because then when it's like we did it pat ourselves on the back big corporation we're so progressive mm-hmm. and then it's just like no this didn't help anyone no this didn't this didn't do anything this it was just sort of it was all masturbatory at, the, like at almost. the end of the day you're cr- almost creating an issue right and it's like, no, put your money, put your unending resources, money, and power where your mouth is. If you're going to be progressive, then let's let the audience decide. Yeah. <laughs> I used to listen right. to this podcast um, that was called What Really Happened, and it would delve into, like, certain historical events or certain things like that that um, and, like, get the actual facts and, like, discover if certain things were, like, urban legends or not with mm-hmm. it and stuff. And they had this really interesting um, w- episode about which Jenner was it? Kendall, the one that did the Pepsi commercial when she when she the- single handedly abolished racism yes. with a Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So it was Kendall, right? That that's you know, what it was. Every, yes. Everybody who's listening remembers this. It was two. It was like two mm-hmm. sides in a protest, and she went to the mm-hmm. middle, and she gave the cops a Pepsi. She, like, cracked it open, and all of a sudden, everything was solved, right? Yeah. So she did that. There was this really interesting episode of that podcast that talked about how they wondered, and if we could actually factualize, that Pepsi marketed that knowing that it would create that controversy, mm-hmm. and then kind of had an action plan in place for when it did cause that. I think that's incredibly true. I think it is, too. Any press is good press. And you have a major corporation like Pepsi that owns literally everything. Right. Like, of course, they're like... Because that that commercial had to pass through so many people's hands and so many desks. Mm -hmm. Like, there had to be a contingency plan of being like, this is obviously going to be controversial. Right. But, like, that's the point, because any press is good press especially when you reach a level of corporation status or celebrity status or anything like that it doesn't matter if people talk bad about you because that won't ruin your career sometimes it'll almost inflate it yeah exactly yeah um or your brand or what have you it's it's weird and like you said it had to pass through so many hands Mm -hmm. where it almost seems like at that point oh my god from staffing to casting to craft services to cinematography to lighting to makeup everyone saw this Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people worked on this commercial. Yeah, yeah. You think everyone was like a yes man, green lighting? No, like, there's this no is way. Amazing. There's yeah, no way. No. There it had was to be someone who was like, uh, excuse me, I find this kind of like, there's no way this would happen, and we don't need this right now. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's it's weird. It is. Um, 
so a couple things I want to touch on before we get out of here, but we still have like probably like a good half an hour or so of recording. So we're we're, All right. we're doing we're doing real good. We're doing now. real good. Um, I didn't do this to my face. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we did in college. This is one of the last things I want to touch on college wise. Okay. Um, I want to talk about some of your favorite FNL moments because. <sighs> FNL was something we were a part of, um, short for Friday Night Live. We were an improv group on Buff State's campus. Everything we did was totally original and totally fun. Um, we really, really worked. I know there's this whole stereotype about, like, oh, college improv and, like, yeah. all this stuff. We met every Sunday. We worked really, really hard. We, we really did. We um, Not to yeah. pat myself on the back. We, per the we back, perfected rather. how to play our games. Mm -hmm. We... Um, we didn't take suggestions that we knew were easy. I feel like a lot of people do that. We made it as professional as you possibly could. And I feel like a lot of people come into um, improv scenes with scripted characters and a yeah. scripted arc of how it's going to go already. Mm -hmm. But our characters, our stock characters, we always just put the character in and we left the whole scene to be improvised. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I really loved about that. But, like, I I really remember some, like, fun moments with you that, like, yes. I can't even place, like, actual lines from. Mm -hmm. Marigold's, like, I think one of your most iconic <laughs> characters ever. With Jesse Sieber. With Jesse. Yeah. Um, that was really great. Marigold was a, a woman from the Depression era. And she had a chip on her shoulder and... She loved talking about canned corn. Yep. And the depression. And uh <laughs> she loved singing about it in a heavy metal style. Oh, it was gorgeous. And there may have been a love song between Marigold and Jesse Deeper's character. It was gorgeous. It it was honestly mm -hmm. entrancing and enthralling and I mean and the Tony goes too. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> If, if the if the judges were there that night, who right. knows? I wish Michael Wallin and Victoria Perez were there that day. <laughs> I, I, we would have got a nice redemption with that one. Um, yeah, Marigold was absolutely iconic, and that was wasn't that your first show that you did with FNL? I think it was. I think it the, was. Fir the first thing I did because those of us that were that were in the twenty fifth annual Putnam Common Spelling Bee, so many words. Mm -hmm. Um were got the opportunity because the main stage show was improv based mm -hmm. we got the opportunity to guest star on an fnl like episode show oh that's cool before any of us were even really in it and so that was super fun and then but that was one of my first scenes that i ever did and it was in warren enters theater it was so there were tons of people packed mm -hmm. and like the minute like that happened, I just like did that, and everybody laughed. I was like, "All right, like I got it, bitch. This, this is, is it. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, Mister Ornstein, here I am. Oh my like, god, and that was it. <laughs> no, FNL was very, very fun. FNL also, I tried to not only use it as a fun social gathering with my friends and such like that. Also, I tried to use it to help me do better in main stage performances as well. Yeah. To be able to be more free-flowing and grounded and to be able to go with the flow rather than being like such a script hound mm -hmm. and being like, it's okay if we mess up. 
Improv is like the scariest thing you could do interrelated. So scary. To the point where we would always have to be at someone's house after or doing something because you're so wired after every show. Mm -hmm. You're just wired. Mm -hmm. So you're up like you you have to plan it being like, okay, I'm going to do FNL and then I'll be up till like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning at least. Just because the the adrenaline dump is so ridiculous from it mm-hmm. that you're getting, it's insane. It's insane, and you also not only have to be funny, mm-hmm. you also have to like also have a naturally cultivated personality. Yeah, like it's not enough just to go up there and crack some jokes. Yeah, it's not. You have to make the audience fall in love with you as a person, yeah. an exaggerated version of yourself, but still yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's super scary, too, because it's not like you have lines to fall behind. It's mm-hmm. not like you have blocking or music or a set piece or a costume to sort of, like, hide behind. It's you just out there being like, well, I have trust in my scene partner or scene partners, and that's it. Yeah, just full vulnerability. Yeah, which is uh, spooky-ooky. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say it's spooky-ooky. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's... It's, it's like real terrifying. It is. It is. Yeah, but we had we had fun with it. We had from your marigold scene to the guilt, the last Gilda scene I did with you, where mm. the mic went hot during it, and you <laughs> went, "Oh, my pacemaker!" and just like just stupid witty shit like that. that yeah, you would always pull. I loved. I really loved it, even though, honestly, it's like I loved doing it, and I loved afterwards, but I dreaded going. I dreaded going Because you never never lose that. You never lose that, like, oh, man, I don't know about this. I'm really nervous. Because you have no idea what's going to happen. You just have no idea. And then once we were in it, I was like, oh, we're in it. Let's do this, and let's do it well. And we did, subjectively and objectively, because we won awards. So... Yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't like shitty. Like, oh my god, we're all just gonna say inside jokes and be really awkward and nerdy and awful in front of a crowd. No, we were like, this is the show. This is entertainment. And there are people that are wasting, especially for FNL. It's a Friday night on a college campus, and this show's starting at what eleven? Eleven, yeah. People could people could be out doing whatever. exactly. You're getting kids that live in the city to come out here instead of going out. Like this is their pregame. And we would pack those houses. Yeah. We would pack those houses. And so, like, this wasn't some dinky, rinky, skinny, rinky, dinky, dink, do type moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it was lit. It was lit. It was really lit. I'm, pr- I'm proud of it. I am, too. Mm-hmm. I miss it. I miss it a lot, honestly. Yeah. There's... I, would love to, I would love to do it again, even though now that I've been gone from it for so long, I'm, like, a little nervous. You're like, oh, my God, can I even do it? Yeah, it's again? like, am I even talented? Ricky and I have uh, this conversation out. all the time where mm-hmm. we're just like, can we still do it anymore? Like, what is, <laughs> what is life even? I just like, don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I wish I could remember this one line you had. You did a scene in the dark one time with a couple of people where you were on like a cruise ship or something. Um, and I wish I could get the wording of like what the hell you said. So, because whatever you said was so funny and I would literally get it carved on my gravestone. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like I, I even though I can't remember the full quote, I still know I would want it. It was something about I remember like that scene, but I don't remember what I said. It was something about like you'd throw yourself down to the bottom of the sh- of the ocean or something and like die in peace or like oh, you, 
was it something like return to my watery grave? Or, yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah, it, was so, like, it was something. Yeah. It was something with a watery grave at the end of it. But oh, it was, I don't remember. I remember, oh, but I God, don't remember it. Was it. Brilliant. <laughs> it it was just it was just one of the best. That's one of my favorite things about you, as far as like like comedy wise, is you can like all of a sudden go on this like rant. And you're like, where the fuck is this going? And then all of a sudden it finishes with, like, this amazing button on it. And it's just – and I know, too, that the best part is half the time I I know you don't know where you're going with it either. And you're no, just like – You're like, whatever the hell is flying out of my mouth right now. And this is it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's I, it. I just black out and come to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we didn't we did see. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> and next game is <laughs> – Yeah, I know. It's – it's it's so wild. Um, I'm trying to remember if I had like any really good like memorable scenes with you. I'm sure I did. There's just there's so much like yeah, a lot when of, you're doing that every week. There's so much that just blurs and goes mm-hmm. through. Um, I remember we had like we had a fun uh, death in sixty seconds in uh, a rehearsal one time where we were mm. um, at the drive-through across from each other. And then, like, yes. they they called out death in a minute, and you're going, so here's my gun collection. You start, like, pulling them out. I know. Like, I hope you don't think it's weird, but I brought my gun collection. Yeah, exactly. Like, something like that. But it <laughs> God, that's good shit. Oh, my God. So ridiculous. I also like taking scenes, because, like, we're, we're an improv group, but I was like, what if we made things not funny? Yeah. What if, what if we made things a drama? Mm-hmm. I know. Because there's some humor in that, and and all of a sudden dropping in after all these, like, high-stakes, funny, funny, funny scenes to be, like, boom. Dramatic moment. Dramatic moment. Like, like, real serious. There was that one time in practice with Ryan Mulvihill that where I was the possessed demon. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? In Upton 121, (laughs) where I, like, backwards crawled. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And... I talk about blacking out. I really blacked wow. out during that. <laughs> that was a. I will never forget how wild that scene was. Now that you said that, I remember all of us in the audience just being like, "What is going on? What has just happened? What is?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to fully, two hundred percent commit to the idea of being a possessed person," and I did. <laughs> and it was literally once the scene was called on that scene i literally was like what did i just do <laughs> yes. and i was like because i my last memory was me being called up to play this game <laughs> oh my god that's so funny that's so funny i forgot about and that. ryan went with it i was all up in ryan's face i think i licked the side of his face yeah and i was like huh. like it was so weird but i loved every second of it so weird mm-hmm. so so weird <laughs> <laughs> I was into it. That's art. Good That's high times. art. I, I'll never forget the day that um, we were playing uh, Party Guests or Party Quirks, and I was Steve-O, and I accidentally gave up the fact that Henry was a mammoth and I wasn't <sighs> supposed to. Yes. And I realized it like a minute off stage and just screamed fuck at the top of my lungs yeah. when I realized <laughs> it. That was uh, – and like, that was guessing. really great. That was really great that – FNL and like the improv group and stuff like allowed us that freedom of creativity that sometimes you don't get in scripted main stage performances and such like that. Yeah, and it was a really great place. It was a laboratory. It was a great place to explore. Mm-hmm. And that's I think the main takeaway that I, that from it that I had 
that was like, this is such a great opportunity for me just to like flex in areas I'm very strong in, but also flex in areas that I'm weak in to get stronger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it helps you with that. It, I think I think everyone in the performance field should do some improv-based things. I agree. Even just as a practice, just because I think it just sharpens you. It makes you a sharper knife. Yeah, I do too. I, mm-hmm. I think it's really important. I think you every actor needs to learn how to ride without training wheels, which mm-hmm. your script is your training wheels. Mm-hmm. So just learn how to ride and how to go with it and how to just read the moments. And I agree. Yeah. I, I think one of the coolest um, audition workshops I went to in college was when Ray Boucher worked with us, and he had that monologue from Motherfucker with the Hat. I don't know if you remember oh, this. I don't. Was, uh, so he did. He had was everybody. Was I in that class with you? Uh, he did it as a bangle class. Oh, a bangle class. Okay. Um, yes, 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 yeah, I do yeah, remember yeah. this. So he um he had Ryan volunteered to go up first and like they he yes. had, had them look over like one of the monologues from mm-hmm. Motherfucker and he was like he was like, Who wants to perform it first? And Ryan was like he was like, I'll do it and Ray went, Great and he snatched the script from him and went, Go up and <gasps> yep, do it. Yep. And then he was like he was like, Just remember the moments. Mm-hmm. It was like just go with the moments, and that's what you need to do. Absolutely, you need to like just know where you're going, kind of moment to moment, and just mm-hmm. create as you go. And yeah, that's it. Um, speaking of things, we had to improv our way through a lot. Um, <laughs> so the last show you and I were involved <laughs> with together. What is it, Dan? What yeah, was the last show. So. Jeremy and I were involved in a show last year called The Boys Upstairs, and it was um, an experience, to say the least, with a I, lot. I learned a whole lot. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. With Zachary Bellis, Ricky Needham, uh, Jonathan Buckner. Beckner. Beckner, sorry. Yeah, uh, Buckner. The, the trulies are getting to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one you've had. I know. <laughs> I'm drunk. We're drunk. We're laughing. Shit. Um, um, but it's going to cut a Oh, my God, you're off. so beautiful. You're um, so bad of all. Shut up, I know. Uh, so, <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, that show was done through B-Way. Mm-hmm. And, um, Great company. Love working with oh, B-Way. Oh, yeah, I, I did silence through B-Way. Which silence lit with Jimmy Janowski, Maria Kruttinger, Charmaine Chi, uh, all these great people. Um, and but that show was um, it was a lot. I had never experienced a show like that before. Yeah, and a little dated. A little bit. Yeah. A little dated, especially. Um, so the show itself basically revolved around um, these roommate friends that live in this apartment complex, and um. Everyone's gay. Yep. Um, uh, it is B-Way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, Buffalo um, United Artists is a primarily, we put on uh, a lot of um, homosexual yeah. written storytelling. LGBT like stories yes, and yes, such yes, like yes, that. Yes. And ETC, ETC. Um, so, uh, and it's just about like, it's sort of like <laughs> Will and Grace meets the Golden Girls meets... Sex in the City. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 ta- it takes a lot of, and like, as a gay man, I'll say this. It takes a lot of, like, stereotypical gay facets. Yeah. And, and, pu- and puts them into one show. Yeah. And so it is a little dated. Like, some of the references are kind of dated and such like that. But, like, fun, funny, if you got the right people. And um, it was definitely... An experience. It was a ride. Um. So 
there are a lot of things that like I wasn't very familiar with doing. Like for example, there's a lot of like semi nudity on stage. Yeah. In a way that's not necessarily pertinent to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of um some of the players in the show had some issues being able to follow the script. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to say with alcohol. <laughs> um but yeah, there were there were there were definitely there were definitely issues with both, I feel like. Um yeah. Um and you know, I also had a hard time following the script because like in my humble opinion and I I I didn't connect with the script that well. I didn't either really. Um, so I had a hard time sort of manufacturing an emotional relationship with a script that I'd really felt disconnected from. And every night when we went on stage, and other people besides Dan and myself felt this way too, mm-hmm. um, we were like, well, let's see like, what here happens. here we go. <laughs> here we go. Which is always a great feeling to feel when we're about to go on stage. I, th- I think we lost a lot of rehearsal time in that show, which hurt us. Um, yes, we did, and I mm-hmm. and that wasn't by choice. Um, it wasn't by our choice. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't by choice to have that. But I think, I think something a lot of people miss with comedy is that it has to be precise, and you have to like work yes. it, and you have to like, mm-hmm. and you really have to like find the moments and and stuff. And it takes a lot of slogging through to kind of do that. It I, does. I Trial and error. Like, yeah, I feel like sometimes you don't find the comedic moment until like your 50th time doing a scene. Kind of. Sometimes you, you can learn new things every single time. Yeah. It's like how they say that like comedy is just drama at 200%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. And I feel like we we scrapped a lot of rehearsals we for did. that. We did. Um, we, we, I, I would say I would be so bold to say we were under-rehearsed. Yeah, I, 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 would, um, I would agree with that. We did the damn thing because we had many, many people that were so hands-on board that were very, very We talented. had a great ensemble, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and some people picked up the slack for others and such like that. Um, but definitely could have gone with more rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, definitely could have. Um, I, I had fun moments in that show. First of all, it was my first professional show working with you. So that will, I know. that always that always will make me it'll put a special and it place had in my to be heart. That one. <laughs> it has a special place in my heart because of that because it's you and because um I love it and and Ricky I partnered with Ricky yes. so much through through that show that mm-hmm. it made it so enjoyable. Yes, I had a it was so good working with, with Ricky again. Yeah, like and working with Zach. Yeah, yeah, it was so good working with them. But there was a lot of. I felt we've been talking about vulnerability a lot during this particular episode. I felt very vulnerable um, in a lot of uh, well. <laughs> different ways um, through that. And some of it was definitely not a vulnerability that had to be theater released. It, it was it was vulnerability that I felt was forced that I didn't want to yeah. get into. Yeah. Um, and there there was a lot that kind of scared me through through mm-hmm. that show in a lot of ways and not scared me in a way where it was like this is new this is exciting it was like scared me in i don't know how to handle i don't know if i feel comfortable with this this situation mm-hmm. right yeah and for for those that never saw the boys upstairs um <laughs> you missed out <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> you, mi- you missed my dick imprint you uh, his vpl mm-hmm. visible penis line 
Um, but Dan had to be in his underwear on stage. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And um, a lot of us had to be in various arrays of undress on stage. I uh, refused. <laughs> because also, for me, it didn't suit my character at all. Yeah. Um, but, and that's something, it's already extremely vulnerable to be on stage in general. Like, those of you who are actors, even those of you who aren't actors, like, just everywhere across the board, you know how much courage it takes to get up on stage to do anything. 100%. And so, then to get up on stage and imagine to be basically naked, mm-hmm. basically naked in front of all these people every single night on stage, that takes balls. Yeah. Balls that we know you have now. And it was a <laughs> lot. Um, <laughs> um, so my character's name was Ashley, and Ashley was very um, promiscuous throughout yes. the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to... I do, Very Blanche in the Golden Girls. Yeah. And Almost I, an exact replica of that character. I do want to um, address something that really bothered me in mm-hmm. that process. Um, address it. With that character. So I was told um, in that process, I was told specifically that your objective is to play slutty. That's the only objective oof, you are oof, to play oof. in this show. And a big part of me, because she's promiscuous, right? Like, she's she's a promiscuous, or he's a promiscuous, she's a promiscuous I character. mean, at that point. This is how I talk the entire time. It was literally I, Blanche from I, the Golden I, Girls, I you guys. It was Blanche, Blanche from the Golden Girls. I, I literally walked out, and I was like, spotlight on me every night. Like, that's, that's like, the yep. exact. So, yep. so, like, flamboyant, yes. Sure. Very, like, very outgoing, very mm-hmm. energetic, very wanting mm-hmm. to have fun and stuff like that. My qualm is even if you are in life, in real life, if you are deemed a quote-unquote slut, which is a terrible word, mm-hmm. first of all, and like— Oh, we're reclaiming it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, per- permiscuous, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll call it permiscuous yeah. even in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You are not walking through life objectively playing like I'm going to fuck everything that moves. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're a real person with a real conscience and a real soul and real that. And so when I was told, like, play nothing but slutty, that's not a character. That's not it. I can't pursue that objective. I can't can't, play those actions. I can't play play slutty. Like, what does that mean? Right, right. Mama nothing. You got to have, I'm not going to be a, a, a... an empty like I'm not going to be a walking fleshlight. That's not what I'm going to play on stage. I'm sorry. I mean, hey, that, I'm I sorry. Mean, I'm let, not you know doing what? it. You know what? Let, let, <laughs> let, let, let let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get down to the real tea, everyone. You know so what? Like, I'm cancel me. Cancel me. <laughs> like some of some of the some of the horse shit that went on in that show was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and a lot of it came from upper management. Yeah, and a lot of it trickled down and. And the thing is, the reason why all of us were put in that show was that we all we all were very talented actors, yeah. in my humble opinion. Yeah. Like, but we were all literally put in that show only to pull in audiences. Yeah. And only to be, like, shocking. Mm-hmm. It's like, and like, because, I mean, like... Everyone, everyone there had like been in other shows around town and such like that, mm-hmm. and so like you had seen, 
and heard of people or like you've heard of people out and about like a matinee or like just out and about just like you know just doing the damn thing yeah because we're all trying to hit the grind as hard as we can Mm -hmm. and like we were not treated well at all no like be way treated us very well. Yeah, that that's that's something that's I wanted to say right. This is no disrespect to Javier no, Bustelese or Buffalo United not. artists. Be way treated us incredibly. Yes, yes, be, like yes. and be way is always treated us incredibly. I cannot stress that enough. I cannot mm-hmm. stress that enough. I there, I hope to I have work with them. Nothing but great mm-hmm. things to say about Alleyway, yes. B Way, and Javier Bustelese. Absolutely, nothing but amazing things. I completely agree. But I was put in a very bad position in that show, mm-hmm. and I find that unforgivable in a lot of aspects I agree. with that and i'm it's so hard for me because part of me wants to be like just drop it walk away be respectful and things like that mm-hmm. but first of all this is my show and, yes. and i can say how i feel on my show you experience something you reserve the right to talk about right it. and two we've seen silence fail people time and time again mm-hmm and I'm not even – I'm being way more silent than I could be right now. Uh, yeah. Like I'm I'm being very, very silent on a lot of mm-hmm. – there was, there was one person who like if, if they listen off the air, um, I will thank them time and time and time and time again because they came in and it was like a whole different show once they came in because I, yeah. I, I felt a different energy and I felt Absolutely. I felt like my best interest was put first. Mm-hmm. For the first time. But, yeah, yeah. But there was a very, we talked about that adrenaline and things like that. Mm-hmm. Every night when I was waiting to come on stage, I would stare at the, at the wing mm-hmm. to get in. And I'd stare at the exit door. And I'd look at the exit door and I'd be like, if I left right now. What would happen? What would happen? I could leave with, like, maybe certain things intact. Maybe I don't have to, like, get nervous about this show or do that. Leave my theater career behind, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's that's done for uh-huh. me. It, but, like, at least I'll be, like, free of that. And then, yeah. like, or the other decision is go on stage and do the show. And I shouldn't have to be faced with that decision. Exactly. That that shouldn't be a thought that crosses your mind. I should, I should be excited to do, like— Have you experienced that anywhere else besides there? Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing is I, I I it was it was one particular factor that made it very exactly yeah mm-hmm. and just like how you experienced that basically my character was I guess th- the bitch the pr- yeah. I guess yeah the bitch yeah um so like basically my whole objective was like basically every note that I got was like we need you to be bitchier here we need you to be meaner here and such like that and i was like okay that's not a thing but i'll do it Mm -hmm. um and and i was presented i was presented with uh the idea of being less than clothed on stage which makes yeah which makes no sense for most of us but especially me and my character yeah um my character was a prude stuck up kind of like bitchy guy and i was like no i'm not gonna take off my clothes here because my character would not take off their clothes mm-hmm. and i was very adamant about that like i'm not sh- i'm not shy about taking off my clothes <laughs> <laughs> but like when it's warranted like <laughs> like and 
So it's like, no, I'm not. So, though I'm so happy we had that experience, and, like, I had Me a great too. time with, like, you and Ricky and Zach and myself and such like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just sad that that was our, yes, that was I, our only I, show that we've I done agree. together professionally. I thought, but I think we'll circle back around. I think I think there's going to be more so. out there for us. I, I know so. I, yeah. I really think that that's the start of something. And, y- and that know, show was very funny. Yeah, it was. A, a lot of people that saw it enjoyed the show. And that's, I guess. Yeah, Ricky killed it. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky was amazing. He was, he was the best one of all Ricky of us. He was so good. Was phenomenal. Yeah, in that show. But we'll all get, we'll get a redemption. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like too because we run in the same circle and people know us a lot of the time associated with each mm-hmm. other. I think it's inevitable that, that I would love to see it. I know, <laughs> me too. Um, especially because of, and we'll we'll go from that place to get to this one. So the last um, main stage production you were involved with before the pandemic hit was a show called Mercury Fur. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that because I absolutely loved this show, and I, I want to hear about it from you for the most part with it. Mercury Fur. So that was done – it was in February, the month before the pandemic hit. And it was at the Subversive Theater, um, and director Mike Dobin – and through the creative minds of Mike Dobin, Shelby Converse, and Rick Latimer. Mm-hmm. And basically, Mercury Fur was this post-apocalyptic show about these group of people, some related, some are just friends and acquaintances, that put on these elaborate parties for very, very rich clientele to survive. And these parties involved satisfying the rich clientele's deepest, darkest desire. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes sort of a playing of morality and mercury fur happens to focus on one individual party that happens and this is when i talk about mercury fur i'm going to warn everybody right now uh, content warning it's very graphic tr- tr- yeah. trigger warning yeah. trigger warning to violence um obscene language adult themes sexual violence it, 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 it goes deep it gets deep yeah yeah so um but it basically this party centers around that this clientele's deepest arc desire is the um, torture and subsequent murder of a 10-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. So, heavy themes. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Heavy themes. And so, basically, we live in this post-apocalyptic world wherein there's also this underbelly of drug use of these things called these butterflies. And it's sort of implied that the government has dropped off these butterflies to sort of, like, disrupt societal every day-to-day moments. Right. So that things don't get too crazy. And every single color butterfly does a certain thing to you or makes you feel a certain way. And and also makes you forget things. It erases your memory. So because nobody has a reference point of morality anymore and no one has memories of family, friends, no one has memories of things that you're taught that are good and bad, Mm -hmm. nothing is good and nothing is bad. It is only how you're feeling. And that gets tricky. And Yeah, I'll say. And that gets tricky in a society that is also broken down. And so it's almost animalistic in nature to where you basically just go with what you feel. Yeah. And um, I played a character named Lola. Mm-hmm. And Lola basically in the sort of group was in charge of taking the victim who was a 10-year-old boy who is referenced as the party piece because you talk about the party, the party. There's the party guest who's the rich clientele. Yeah. And there's the party piece 
who is the victim, the 10-year-old boy, and she's in charge of dressing them up, of making them look exactly how they want, but she never stays for the party because Lola is one of the few people who still thinks the parties are really fucked up but does this as a way of survival. Yeah. And so, but then the terrible part about that is this is a party, so many things go awry during this party wherein Lola cannot leave. And so she is forced to involve herself in the party. And, I mean, the, the show itself, I have never experienced a theater, uh, like, uh, like a theater experience or a play like that in my life. It was so dark. It was so, like... Heinously dark. Dar- what you're thinking, much darker than what you're absolutely thinking. Yeah. Like, you could... O- we had a content warning. You can only, you had to be 18 years or older to come into the show, you number one. Be. You had to be. We wouldn't let people in. And also, we had people walk out. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I could see it. It's it's the 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 language is so beyond. It's shocking to the nth degree. Yeah, and in it though, I loved every second of it. I did too. Because it was so radically just insane that it almost circled back around to reality. If yeah, that makes sense. It, it was such a unique experience, and I think. I don't know if I can remember a show that I've ever seen that I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-mm. Anything. There was so, like, it was graphic in storytelling. It was graphic in sight. It mm-hmm. was, but it was, it was a good story. That's the thing is it's like it wasn't just this brutality. It was this right. thing you were actually invested mm-hmm. in. There was extreme violence. There was extreme adult themes. There was extreme – every every bad thing was pushed to the extreme. But the storytelling cultivated that. Yeah. It wasn't just like disturbing content just to be shocking. Mm-hmm. It was disturbing content that made sense within the story. Within the storytelling. And – when I originally read for it, I was like, I don't know about all this. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just like, oh, Jeremy killed I know, me. That's it. I know. <laughs> I was like, I don't. This is this is a little dork sided, like demons and gargoyles. But like, I loved it. It's probably it's probably my favorite thing I have ever done. So good. Like. Because it was so dramatic and it was so intense and, like, like I enjoyed my cast so much. I mean, Zach Thomas, Matthew Cullen, Zach Bellis, Justine Harris, um, Lucas Cologne. Yeah, Lucas Cologne, who was nominated Lucas for an Artie for Supporting Actor. I was so proud of Lucas watching that show, man. In he, that? He, he was really amazing. Um, oh, my God, like, Helen Rose and, like, uh, like all, these, all these people, like, and also it was a cast of not necessarily, like, huge named people no like so, some of us have sort of been like working our way through the minutiae of the field and such like that for sure and but like it was pretty much a, a younger a younger cast of just like people that mike dobin was like all right come in here and show me what you got it was a really cool breakout ensemble that's the best way i can mm-hmm. put it yeah exactly and like it was lit and i mean like especially the the matthew cullen zach thomas and lucas cologne just Killed it. Yeah, killed it. Like awesome. every, I, in my eyes, Vinny Stefano also. Uh, like yes. every, every, everyone, everyone did a very good job. But like, 
they really just did it because I mean the whole whole show was so heavy on them like the whole show was based basically around their three characters and then like Zach, Justine, myself, mm-hmm. and stuff like that are all sort of like support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On it. And oh, <laughs> Zachary Bell was saying, Charles. That's a, that's all I remember about it. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a Cockney accent. Also, the Cockney <laughs> accent, that was wild for me to try to do. And did I do it that well? You were great. Jury's out. You were great. But it, it, it <laughs> was you. it was hard in that because you're using you're also um using a different inflection in your voice for Lola's voice, mm-hmm. but you also have to throw the accent in it. But you you did both very very well. I th- I was you. really impressed. Yeah. Thank you. It was. It was one of the first times I have a very hard time staying present on stage, um, because I get caught up and I get like caught up like once again like being perfect mm-hmm. and such like that. So that was one of the first times where like the drama level was so high in the show that I had no choice but to be incredibly present because if I wasn't present, I would feel more uncomfortable right. than if I was. Right. Right. <laughs> and like. Because we all had to scream, and we all had to cry, and we all had to fight, and we all had to, like... It was like, intense. Zach Bellis had to throw me over his shoulder and slam me on the ground. <laughs> and, like, there were gunshots. There was bleeding. There was... It was Everything. Lit. There it was, was everything. It was, like, if you if you did not see Mercury Fur, like... You missed out. I, I, I will be so bold as to say, like... There is, n- I have never seen in my years here in Buffalo a production like that before. Yeah. I've never seen anyone put on something so, like, ostentatiously bold mm-hmm. than that. And, like, that's just a testament to Mike Dobin. Shout out Mike Dobin. Shout out Mike Dobin. I love Mike Dobin and Shelby Converse and Rick Latimer. Yeah. Like, the three of them really came together. They were given this space at Subversive, which is a challenging space. Yeah. And, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. An Tiny. extremely challenging space, and like they really came together. Emily Powery, who did um the set and such like that, like great, great Madison Sullivan. Yeah. Um, they all Ella Ella, who was our stage manager, like everyone came together and really just did it independently. There wasn't help from outside people. There wasn't basically they were given the space, and then they were like, let's do this and Catherine Burkhart who came in for uh dialect coaching and such like that mm-hmm. incredible like and I mean the proof is in the pudding with Lucas Cologne with Artie nomination for supporting actor but the whole ensemble and is nominated ex- for exactly too. and yeah. that's ensemble and also Mike Dobin for a director for director like all deserved and all so very much deserved it was saying and now that I've done something so intense as that I'm like how do I go back <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Everything else should be easy at this point, though, too. I know, like, that was so difficult, and that was so, like, outrageously outside of the bounds of anything I've ever done in my whole life. Like, I'm used to doing, like, 9 to 5. I'm used to doing Silence the Musical. Yeah. Like, I'm used to doing stuff like that, which was so incredibly fun, and I would love to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, but then going from that to doing something like that, I was like, That's oh, so wow. intense. There's, this, uh, there's such a drop between oh, the two. Wow. Yep, yep. Yeah, like, I feel like at this point you almost have to work with Toy now just so you could get go uh, from one extreme to the I would, other. I would love to. Yeah, uh, they're the best. I would love to. I'm, yeah, I f- if I uh, decided finally to not bomb a toy callback, I would love to. Oh, God. <laughs> I've, I've been there every I, single I would time. love to do that. I would love to do that. You know who just said they, were, um, they wanted to get back into acting is my little brother. 
<gasps> yes. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, do you um do you have any ins with me? Like, I want to start doing some like film work and yes. stuff again. And I was like, he's oh. so amazing. I was like, give me like a good picture of you and give me a resume that and resume I'll email it to Darlene and like I'll I'll get it to you. Like, put right it out away. there. Yeah. Get him out there. He's like, the shit. If if you're a local theater artist or director and you're listening, um, my brother Ben Torres is ben seven Torres. years younger than me. So if you're looking for somebody who could fill teenage roles, <laughs> that's the kid. Yeah. He will have your script memorized in 48 hours. He really does. He like, really did, rather. It, 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 it doesn't matter what it is. He, he got Tom Sawyer. He did Tom Sawyer the one year. He had that script mm-hmm. memorized by the first read. Mm-hmm. He had it done. He had that – he had a voice put on. He had every. He's so creative and he so did talented. The damn thing. He did. So we did the Crucible a couple of yes. years ago. Mm-hmm. He, was, um, he was in my production of the Crucible. Yeah. That I did. The first time we mounted it was at uh, Buffalo State, and it was amazing. And then we remounted Buffalo it a State. second time, which also mounted it the first time at Buffalo State, same year that during the uh, Buffalo State Bengal Paws series, which allowed us to like put on student like produce shows. Yep. Also, same year that uh, Diane Altimer Jones. Did forget, forget me, me not, not for the her first, first time. her first that was the same season same semester as her first like idea of forget me not five and, years ago now yeah and I put on a production of the Crucible and done in a updated sort of modern aesthetic styled way and uh, then the second time like Dan was saying we put it on uh, Ben was in that and he was great he killed it he killed, he killed it. it. And he came in on like ten days' notice. We were like, we really need someone yes. to fill this role. And Last he came minute, in and he did. He made choices. I was never worried about him. Remember, he was like, um, for for that character, he was supposed to be drunk, and we didn't even think about that. And he came yes. in the one day, and he's he, he's playing drunk, and we were like, oh yeah, he is supposed to be yeah, playing duh, drunk. Yeah, duh, Jeremy, you idiot director. This is what it should be. Yeah. like oh my god, so good. But then you were like, you were like, good choice on the drug. Uh, make it a little bit more somber, like <gasps> yeah, kinda I like, mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, but but he came in and he was like, because we hadn't even thought about that choice. But he Not thinks about all. things like that, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy that he wants to get back into everything Me too. because like he he was always so sweet He's and so sweet. he was. I, I am so excited to see him do more of that because he's good at it. He's the shit. He might be better than me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 no, but I'll say that honestly. I think he might be better. He might be better in that sense. You've seen him act in full productions before, yeah. and he's he's amazing. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah. I mean, I would if if I was ever casting a show and something came up, I would that fit him. I would be like, hey, yeah, come through, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> But um, <gasps> getting off talking about him, what's do you have anything lined up yet for the future? Are you hoping to get some things lined up? Yeah, what's obviously things you? are like sort of like weird right now. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Bellissima. Yeah. Um, from which I did like Tick Tick Boom, which Spring Awakening, right? Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. which was the first like quarantine styled show I did. Distance. Uh, Nicolette Navarro, um, who was the sort of president of Bellissima and such like that. They're really doing the damn thing yeah. out there. And, like, they're putting on real shows with real, like, it's not just hokey pokey in your basement, like, style things. They're putting on great stuff exactly. right now. Exactly. And, like, they're doing it. They're doing cabarets. They're doing everything. They're really trying to keep everything alive during this. And so, like, I have, like, potentially some stuff lined up with them later on. I mean, obviously, everything's touch and go with how, like, of course, the pandemic goes and such like that. Um, as of right now, Really, not much, because really, there's not much going on. Yeah. Um, and 
I've sort of been thinking about, like, how I want to move forward, like, what I want to do, and such like that, thinking about, like, generating online content, mm-hmm. um, which I actually plan on releasing soon. Um, there, was an, there was an Instagram series that I used to do back in the day called Demonology Sundays. Sundays. Yeah, and um, where I would take, basically, um, I would take, like, a certain demon and a certain subject of, like, yada 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 christianity certain tomes and such like that like i would take a demon and then i would like explain everything about the demon with like photos of it and such like that that people have scribed out through the years from like hundreds of years ago and because technically folks at home i am a certified demonologist Mm -hmm. i have a certificate um and i took classes and everything uh so i we're in catholic school right now i know also i feel bad (laughs) to whisper I got to whisper because, like, it's like hot in here. Um, uh, but so I plan on releasing sort of a series soon on both like Instagram and TikTok um, about sort of taking that Demonology Sunday idea and I've heightened it good so far yeah I think to the idea smart. where it's like entertaining content and like also pseudo-educational on a topic that I find very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so like there's that, like thinking about online content and just like keeping on seeing what happens yeah like that's all i feel like a lot of us can do we're all sort of in like this purgatorial moment exactly where we're like waiting for something to happen and we're sort of at the mercy of how the future sort of ebbs and flows which is like shitty but also a little bit freeing Mm -hmm. i think we just go with the flow baby that's what we gotta do right absolutely so where can we find you um social media i know you're big on twitter instagram yeah yeah so uh all my social media is just my name, Jeremy Catania. So Twitter, Jeremy, at Jeremy Catania. Instagram, Jeremy Catania, which is just J-E-R-E-M-Y-C-A-T-A-N-I-A. And, yeah, come come get a load of my hot takes and get a load of my hot selfies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all that good content. All that good stuff. And eventually a demonology series. Yeah. And on TikTok, uh, Jeremy Catania, too. Yep. And Jeremy mm-hmm. will also be running our so- uh, social medias, too. I can announce that <gasps> yes, on here. Yes, surprise, Starting surprise. this week, which is really beautiful. I'm going to yeah. give him the passwords hopefully later today. I keep it's forgetting the password. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, but you can find us, as always, at, at Average Ordinary Pod on Instagram and Twitter soon. Um, we are also Average Ordinary Pod on Facebook if you are looking for us. So like, subscribe. Um, keep following us on iTunes and on Spotify. Hey. Yeah. In the meantime, Jeremy, I love you so much. I I'm love so you too. glad you what? came in for this. We have you'll be back for another episode because we haven't even scratched the surface of things we could talk about. I'd love yet. to see it. Oh my God. We can <laughs> we can go so deep with, with different things. We mm-hmm. haven't even talked about two thousands pop yet or anything like that. Lord have mercy. We could spend a whole nother <laughs> hour on that. Um, but I love you so much. Promote your podcast too. What are we? What are we doing as far as your oh, podcast? Yes, yes. Oh my god, I almost completely forgot. They have a real, real fun podcast that's D and D based. That yeah. I because we have so many nerd listeners too. We have a lot of gamers. We have a lot of like of you know our people that are listening to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a part of a podcast that's headed by Sam Merriman, who we went to college with for theater. He's yes, now a yes. teacher love in Sam. Buffalo. And um, it's a D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, 5e real play podcast that's sort of like comedy based. So like we're all like we're all varying levels of degrees of good in this game. But like it's basically just there. It's a bunch of us uh, getting drunk playing D&D. It's called Bardic Inspiration where we have no bards, but we drink like we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
it's it's so fun. It involves Zach Bellis, it involves Sam Merriman, um, who we went to school with, and a bunch of other very very talented people that we went to school with and such. And um, the Twitter for it is Bardic Inspiration Podcast, and it's at b i p dot d and d. Amazing. And it's really fun. We have a great time. It's just like. It's just a, a bunch of people playing D&D, trying to figure it out, drinking comedy-based podcasts. I and, fucking love it. And it's it's super fun, and I have a blast doing it because I honestly don't really know how to play D&D that well, but I have a blast. It's all improv. <laughs> it's all improv. It literally is. Circles us back to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we look forward to hearing from you again. We look forward to hearing more from your podcasts and things like that. I'm so excited you were here this week. I'm, I'm so, so happy. happy. Thank you for having me. Next week, we have my fiance Juliana Gouache, returning, <gasps> and yes. we also have Lisette de Jesus, who's <gasps> Oh going my to god! Be another in studio guest. I know I'm so. Excited. Oh my god! God, goddess incarnate, truly really here yeah, herself. Both, both <laughs> these goddesses just blessing. I know me for a this pantheon, truly. I know seriously. <laughs> but tune in for that next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Have a great week ahead of you. Take care of your mental health. You are worth taking care of it. Mm-hmm. And until next time, we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.